The late Greg Allman will be remembered the only way that is appropriate. A service held over 15 consecutive nights at the Beacon Theater. Welcome to the Great White North. I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother, Doug. Uh, good day, and welcome to the Blackcast. It is me! It is I, Christian Blad, on Twitter at ChristianDMZ. Joined in studio for a triumphant return to the Blackcast by the one and only Dan Reinish. Yes, sir. Your Twitter is at... At Dan Reinish. Daniel Reinish on YouTube. And happy to be here in the studio with you in North Hollywood, California. Yes. The Great White North, the Great White North of North Hollywood. Of North Hollywood. And it's fun to drive all the streets you have to drive past to get up here. So, of course, you go you go past James Stewart Way by the Universal yes, you do. Uh, the Studios. And you're just sitting there. You're, you're waiting for him to do another poem to a dog. <laughs> that would just be fantastic. And then, and then Whipple Way. You go past Whipple Way. Now, now for the kids, uh, uh, Mr. Whipple. Used to be the spokesperson for uh, for the Charmin. Charmin, yes, and uh, and so, please don't squeeze the Charmin. No, don't squeeze the Charmin. And and by the way, to all hotel operators out there, one ply of anything is a waste of our time. <laughs> all right, and thanks for having Bob and Doug uh, to come on. Uh, nothing, nothing says Canada to the millennials who don't know who Bob and Doug are. Uh, more than Bob and Doug McKenzie. Well, I was going to go for a preference, which is the uh, shadowy man on a shadowy planet, the kids in the hall theme. But yeah. then I'm like, well, they don't know that either. They don't know that either. Yeah. All they all they know is Justin Trudeau. And Justin Bieber. And Justin They know Bieber. the two Justins. And Drake, maybe. Right. But unless we're going to process our voices. Yes, happy to be here. That would actually be pretty great. Yeah. If if I were to Summer run 17. the entire podcast through, Summer 17. through, through an, uh, some kind of auto-tune. Yeah. But no. You could have some hits, man. It's <laughs> true. Anyway, where to begin? Yeah, let's talk about for me? let's talk about why you're out here on the, the Great White West. You uh you take some trips that I'm very envious of. Every year you seem to have at least one big rock and roll trip. Rock and roll road trip. Uh, it's a, it's an annual thing that I started many years ago, sort of by accident. And and it continues. So uh, last year was uh, Springsteen. The year before was a Pearl Jam. I've done a Weezer road trip. That's how we met. That is how we met. That is how we met. And uh, this year it's it's you uh, too, which has nothing to do with you or two or two. <laughs> One upcoming band. Something that. <laughs> These uh, these kids out of Dublin, they yeah. get a chance. Yeah. One common thread between this year's rock and roll road trip and the one where I met yeah. is U2 is doing Joshua Tree in its entirety. Absolutely. And we met when Weezer was doing their great album, Everything Will Be Alright in the End, in its yeah. entirety. You came out for, I believe, two of those shows. You two came of the out shows. for the one in Los Angeles and the one out in Pomona, yeah. the two that I went to. Yeah, and by the way, Christian was so worried that I wouldn't recognize him. He, he's wearing the Weezer t-shirt right now. Well, the Weezer t-shirt I wore for a couple of reasons. One was I thought that I, in fact, I was going to talk to you. Two, 
before this, we did the Mystery Science Theater 3000 after yeah. show, and there was a really bad albino Chewbacca character that made me think of Smooch, who is the character from <laughs> the, the front character. of the album. Yeah. And then I'm going to talk to a country music band or a southern rock band, a band called uh, the Kenneth Bryan Band a little bit later. And I was like, the Weezer shirt sort of fits into all of those yeah. little little uh, square pegs and round holes. Yes. So, so I, put, I put a golf shirt on, which yeah. says, which says uh, I'm dressing up. Yeah, uh, but not dressy but, enough for television. But very clearly, you, you have some kind of baseball shirt under there. Oh so. yeah, well you know you got to wear your Blue Jay stuff. You got to right. represent. And and in addition to the the rock and roll road trip, also includes some sort of sports use of, of course. Because I love to look at stadiums. I love to look at baseball parks. I love to 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 know the neighborhood and things around them. And I I do the same with clubs. And so when we met a couple of years ago, when we first met in Pomona, correct. Which for you millennials keeping track on a pop culture scorecard that is where bruce willis's police captain retired to in the first diehard film not ramona but pomona so that's where we first now did you sing with weezer that night? i did did you sing with weezer that i did night? not i was not there early enough yeah. to get oh, uh, yeah but I, I think i have video of that night that yeah. i posted to the uh you know, we're both members of the weezer fan club yeah, i'm yeah, not yeah. members yeah. of any other fan clubs i have been members of uh the star wars fan club when okay. i was little and uh, I was member of the Mystery Science Theater 3000 Info Club. It was a free membership. Okay. So okay. Uh, that was very attractive. And I think that by buying an album once, I ended up being in Green Day's fan club for a year. Okay. So that gave me access to tickets, though. So that was great. Yeah. And that was the, the biggest thing I was looking for from the Weezer fan club was to be able to just buy tickets ahead of time. Yeah. The Weezer and, fan club out of all of them that I've ever been in yeah. is is the best one. Well, because we, we get shirts, which yeah. is, is not the one that I wore. But no. uh, we get shirts, we get we get music, and I don't know, I think it's fun. And it's like a fun Facebook group, you know, yeah. people talk about it. And, you know, I have a few Facebook groups for bands that I like, yeah. and in some of them, you can't ever even remotely criticize the band. I'm in one for this band called the Afghan Wigs, uh, the singer Greg Dooley. And if you say that, like, hey, he's gotten older and doesn't sing as well as he used to, even in the nicest way possible, yeah, uh, you will probably get run out of town. And so people will say, like, hey, I still love Weezer. Don't love the new song. And you'll get a couple people who are like, oh, give it a try. And then it's not like, you don't like the new song. We hate you. Yeah. Uh, you get, I mean, you might get a little of that. Stay, stay off the Pearl Jam boards. Stay oh, off I the would. Rush boards. Uh, because they t totally d like to just rip people apart. and yeah. uh, But that's what the internet is for. The internet is designed... Well, Avenue Q taught us that the internet is really great for porn. The other thing that the internet is great for is tearing people apart yes. and possibly destroying lives. Yeah. You know, possibly. Uh, there, there are possibly. a lot of talented people who can't look at their own Twitter anymore no. because of the, the comments. Uh, my old boss, Dennis Miller, got off of Twitter because he, he couldn't help himself. He knew he would read the comments. And for everybody who says, like, hey, that was really funny. Hey, like, you're a big fan. Yeah. You have the, why don't you die? You know, and you're like, okay. I mean, that's a terrible thing to say. Before the end of this podcast, I will tell you uh, my Dennis Miller story. And uh, it's one you haven't heard, and it's something you do not know. I, I, and it has nothing to do with Dennis Miller. But I will tell you the story. Should you tell me the story now, no, or should we'll, we keep we'll, we'll keep people listening? We're in the midst of the we're yeah. in the midst of the of the I know. Weezer story. Well, right now yeah. we are basically the movie Inception, so we're like four dreams in. Now okay. I'm going to have to lift us back out through a few of them. So we're in the Weezer dream right now. Okay. So I will explain that. And the album that they did in its entirety, everything will be all right in the end. I thought it was a great album. I think it was one of their best. Absolutely. And it, horrible choice of single, 
poorly promoted. The single is is the worst song on the last yeah. three Weezer albums. Yeah. The, the first single, Back to the Shack, was was a great song to reintroduce fans to the band. Yeah. But then there were so many other stronger choices on that record. Uh, I can't believe they wasted their money. And I, I've, uh, you know, I've, I've, we talked to River about that's another great thing about the, the Weezer right. fan club. You get to hang with the band sometimes. And I was actually in Buffalo and for the fan club, they played the album before it, it came out and so we had a chance to listen to it talk to the band about That's it very cool and uh, and i thought back to the shack was was uh, you know it was great to introduce it on the cruise the weezer cruise for people who went and then it was a fun album track but not a single not a way to say to the world that we have this tremendous record and and look you will hear me criticize some things vehemently over the course of this podcast and and i'm not afraid to rip things apart but this was a great album yeah. that both the label they were with who was more excited about promoting ariana grande at the time mm. than they were about promoting this weezer just handled horribly and the follow-up record uh wasn't as strong as as ebate and uh, and this new record that's coming out uh well we'll see what it is i like the first yeah but and you know I, that I pulled a six dreams ahead. Now you in, did on your and, Inception, minute. and I did like the follow up album, which is yeah. just known as the White Album. For yeah. people who are fans of Weezer, they have a, a blue album was their first album. There's a green, there is a red, uh, not a yellow, but I expect a yellow at Someday. some point. But we got a white, and Someday. then the talk is that the next one will be the black album. Yeah. Uh, and then the white album, I thought was good. It was good, but this one was great. Yeah, and it's very disappointing that they just you know look not their fault entirely. Yeah. They just had to move on. The, you know, you, there's not so much you can do. No, and it's disappointing because then when the follow up is like, oh, these songs are all right. I wish they'd come out in a different in the reverse order yeah absolutely you know? and then so uh, from pomona to uh los angeles los was angeles, the next show the bellaccio not the the Bilaco, Bil belasco belasco theater. theater yes there you go and do you realize who we who we had you and i had such a great time with your wife that night hanging out at that party i swear that adam scott was there not the not the the, the golf player no but the the, the comedian actor, the comedian i think he was there and nobody was talking to him because we were all the group the fan club was all into each yeah. other yeah well that would make sense i mean and he, i looked over a couple times and just like he seems like adam a, scott he seems like a guy who would be a weezer fan because weezer fans you tend to think they a little he bit loves, nerdy he loves 90s alternate yeah well on on parks and rec he would yeah. always wear the letters to cleo yeah. t-shirt which they they were not a huge band and that's why i love that choice yeah. that he would wear the t-shirt from a band or a couple of songs and uh, they actually performed on the show, which I thought was very fun. So, if you've not seen the clip of Mark Hamill surprising him on, I think it was Conan a couple of weeks ago, you need to see it. I have not seen that. He is so in I will tears, have to. in tears when Mark Hamill to... comes walking out because he loves Star Wars that much and has never met him. Mm. Well, I could, I could imagine feeling yeah. that way. All know? right, let's sub-reference back to your agenda where we are. All right, so so that that was how we met, and we kept in touch Good with time. the Weezer fan club. Yeah, we're that was Facebook fun. friends. It's like being real friends, yeah. you know. Except you know you don't you don't have to worry about who's going to pick up the check for dinner if you're no. just talking on Facebook. Yeah. So you will. We, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, I guess I will. So we uh, we've kept in touch through that, and uh, you then last year you went to a few Springsteen shows for Eight. the. You went to eight. Yeah. Now, were they all the river in their entirety, or they, some of them um, were the river tour, some of them weren't? Five of them were the river okay. tour in their entirety. But it's still, you know, when you go, one of the reasons that I, I could never do Weezer again is Weezer shows are never longer than 90 minutes. Yes. The set list is 
almost always the same. Uh, with Very one, disappointing. With one way. new tune thrown. And, yeah. and it's like with a band that has 11, 12 records, there's so many deep album cuts that you could play. Now, uh, the first time I saw them was the Pinkerton tour. In, that in is the Trump. same time I saw yeah. them as well. Small I saw them club. in Asbury Park, New Jersey, oh, speaking of Bruce Springsteen. There you go. And it's all uh, yeah, at uh, Convention Hall. And the album was new. Yeah. You know, it was not the uh, commercial disappointment that it would end up being. And I, I, I loved that album then. I still do. Yeah. That's what I would say is Weezer's best album. If you're listening to us talk about Weezer this long, you're like, well, maybe I'll listen to that. But I would say Pinkerton. Everything yeah. will be all right in the end. And if you like those, then uh, come back to me and I'll tell you more. Yeah, but, Springsteen uh, yeah. was, it, it usually is, it's the rock and roll tours usually start off with, where can I go that I've never been before? Okay. Um, so cities that I'll be heading to. So you to had never soon. been to Los Angeles when you came out to see Weezer? No, I had because in 2000, I came out in 2009 to cover the Academy Awards. Right, which you know. I guess if I were a professional host, I probably yeah. would have taken a minute no. in the beginning and talked a little bit about your background, but yeah. you worked for the CBC for a very long time. Yeah, I was uh, CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, Canada's uh, version of NPR, and uh, had a, a tremendous show, Saskatchewan Weekend with Dan Ronish, that afforded me the opportunity to tell stories that connected to Saskatchewan and to Canada, and, uh, and sometimes that connection was very tenuous, but... Uh, we used to have a ratings period that was January, February, and so I could never go to the Oscars. But then they started, they moved the Oscars and they moved the ratings period because you can't go away during a ratings period. No, of course not. But now the Academy Awards were going to be held uh, when there wasn't a ratings period and I could get away. And it was also the week of my birthday. So I decided, well, let's see if I can come to Los Angeles for the first time. Uh, and you can hear the story about how much fun that was for me and see the video of that on my uh, on my YouTube channel it's daniel reinish on youtube and uh, it was such a treat to come out here having grown up watching the muppets and all that sort of stuff coming out here hey let's have breakfast at hollywood and vine <laughs> right and and such a treat to come out so i got to to do the academy awards in 2009 and uh and that was one of the trips that started but most of the rock and roll road trips usually places that i've never been um so atlanta st louis are on the list that i've never been i have to get there soon and so los angeles uh, was just the chance to perform with weezer and to see this album in its entirety now seeing an album in its entirety isn't always the greatest thing um this tour with weezer was great because they did it right when it came out so there wasn't any changing of it it was just right. like here it is and we hope that we hope that you enjoy it. But we also had about three weeks to listen to it, Absolutely. at least here in Los Angeles. Yeah. I know there were earlier dates. Yeah. So I, I listened to it. That was the only thing I ever listened to because I, you know, as an old fashioned guy, I bought the CD. Sure. I had the CD in my car. I didn't take it out. I didn't replace it with anything else. And I just listened to it constantly. And I, I really liked the songs. And you know, because my wife was going to the second one, we would both listen to it. The second show that yeah. I went to. And so it was all I listened to. The other way that that happens is you go see a band and you did not know that they were going to play the whole album in its entirety to start. That happened. Uh, Pearl Jam did that one night. They played Vineral from start to finish. And I when it was new. Uh, no, this was last year. Oh, okay. Uh, but I still couldn't tell you most of the, that record. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not like middle period. It's not like they played ten or verses in its entirety, oh, which you know that at least something. those are the songs that you know. Yeah. So a few no, years ago, no better. I know the ones on Binaural, but just not as well. No, not as well. Yeah. A few years ago, unfortunately, I took my wife to see Smashing Pumpkins, which I thought would be fun. But Billy had decided to do his new album, start to finish, and start the show with it. It's one thing. At least do a couple, have a little bit of a warm up. And, you know, look, I, I, I know that uh, they're going to do some touring with the actual real band of the Smashing Pumpkins at some yeah. point. But this was this is just Billy having the name and putting it on whatever yeah. kind of music he wants. Yeah. And it um, Been there, it was that. not pleasant. No. 
And I felt really bad. And I've been a lot more careful now about the concerts that I've just said, like, hey, we're going to go to this. You know, yeah. we talk about it ahead yeah. of time. And after the album was over, he did Space Oddity by David Bowie. And she was just so elated that it wasn't any more songs from that fucking record. <laughs> and I have not, there was a, people were excited about a tour that uh, Smashing Pumpkins did after that, where they were doing like some acoustics. And I'm, I'm still, I feel so burned by that show. Yeah. That I, I like, I can't say I'll never see them again, but I just haven't wanted to. Smashing Pumpkins played Toronto last year with Liz Fair opening and I really wanted to go see Liz Fair. Yeah. But I don't want to go see Billy Corrigan as Smashing Pumpkins. I saw right. them in Maple Leaf Gardens uh, on the um, uh, World is a Vampire. The Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness Tour. tour. I, I uh, saw them on that tour. Garbage opened. Yeah. And, uh, Fantastic that, tour. That was a great tour. Yeah. That, yeah. Because it was still the band. Even though the records typically is Billy playing everything. Yeah. At least when you have the touring band, you know, there's there's... I don't know. There's there's feedback. I want to see Darcy. I want to see James. Yeah. I want to see Jimmy. Those four yeah. are Smashing Pumpkins. I don't care if it was if it was just Billy. Yeah. Those four are Smashing I Pumpkins. I definitely agree with you. And uh, that was one of the other times that I, I saw a concert in its entirety. But uh, other people in the venue knew that that's what they had bought tickets yeah. to. I did not. It didn't say on the ticket. I guess the that's Springsteen tickets say the River Tour. Said, so, yeah. But you knew that was pretty apparent. I was very excited about yeah. that. I loved the song that they opened with, they did uh, Meet, in the, Meet City. in the City, and then go right into the album. And that's a long album. It's a double album. Double album. And you're just like, okay, well, you know, maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get another like 20, 30 minutes after. Oh no. Oh, you didn't know. You didn't know there'd be more no, no. after that. I did, but I just thought when I bought the ticket that yeah. you know, how much longer can he play than that? Mm. And the show I went to, which was the final show at the Sports Arena here in Los Angeles. Uh, three hours and 55 minutes. Not the longest yeah. show he's ever played, but definitely the longest show I've ever been to for any single performer, by the way. I can't yeah. imagine anyone getting close to that. Who plays for two and a half hours anymore? Nobody. Yeah. And, you know, look, I think that that's, some, that's a knock that some people have on Bruce Springsteen concerts. I'm like, look, you first of all, you knew you were going to see this album. Yeah. And there was there was a guy who kept like, I was like, oh, wait, there's another one. I was like, that you heard it, people have a knock on Bruce Springsteen? Oh. Yeah, well, they do. Not, not, not the part of New York state that i grew up in on the yeah. port of new jersey there's, there's no criticisms yeah but uh you know and people people just feel like the shows are too long i'm like what a dumb complaint that is yeah. you know yeah. it's like you can leave if you want to yeah and it's not like born to runs at the end some nights but you can see born to run and there's another hour there, so there was one show one night it was a leonard cohen show okay may, may he rest in peace uh leonard cohen was playing and leonard cohen 83 384 at the time and I was 45 46 it was a Sunday night he played like as he got close to three hours I'm just sitting there like Lenny baby wrap it up man. <laughs> yeah I mean it was this can't be good for your health <laughs> it was fantastic and and I enjoyed every second but you're just sitting there and he's he's running across the stage diving down on his knees having a having a great time happy to be there giving it all for the audience and and I'm thinking Let's just uh, come on, Leonard. Like, yeah, you know, sing hallelujah and let's be done with this. But now, I've done that more often with uh, opening bands where I'm just like, oh. really? They get another, you know, and sometimes it's opening bands that you know you haven't heard of and then yeah. you realize pretty quickly like oh there's a reason i haven't heard of them and there's other times i'm like you know i i am here i try to be respectful i try to try new music and hear some of the opening bands but then there's a point where you're like okay after half an hour if i didn't come to see that opening band i'm very yeah. disappointed yeah i saw 56 concerts total last year not wow. bragging that's just a stat no that's a stat that's and, an amazing stat though and that it might be closer to 80 this year and and opening bands i don't want to say are the bane of my existence but 
I, I would like to sit down with a tour promoter once or an artist once and just have a conversation about why did you pick this artist? Yeah, and sometimes it's very simple, same label, but yeah. that's in the old days. You yeah. don't really get that as much anymore. Yeah, and, and if, you've got, if you've got a really polished act on stage, don't pick somebody who's never been on stage before trying to help their career because, you know, they're out there going, hey, are you excited for who's ever coming up? Even, even the other night in, uh, I always want to say San Francisco, but the San Francisco 49ers do not play in San Francisco. They're the, they're the, the uh, Santa, Santa Clara. Clara, Santa Clara, sorry, the Santa Clara 49ers. Yeah. So the four, so at, uh, at the, uh, at the Gene stadium, uh, uh, Mumford and Sons opened for you too. And the crowd really didn't care. Mumford and Sons is a fantastic group. Yeah. Uh, they the have crowd, success yeah. in their own right. They have a couple of, I don't even know if they have hit singles cause I don't know if that's a thing anymore, they've had, they've but they have radio yeah. songs. Yeah. Yeah. They have a couple. And even Mumford and Sons was like, are you excited for you too to come out? But they only said it once. And yeah. so, so the least seasoned an opening act is, they usually say it five or six times. Yeah. Yeah. And as I say, uh, have said about the Bourne film that didn't star Matt Damon, if you have to keep referencing a character that's not in your movie in order for people to, to pay interest in what you're doing, yeah. then walk away from it. And so there's been a lot of really, really, really bad opening acts I've seen over the last year. But what was great was when I saw Green Day uh, about a month and a half ago, and I'll be seeing them again in September, when I saw Green Day in the great community of Hamilton, Ontario, Against Me opened up for them, a band that I love, and and blew them off the stage. Uh, the Green Day show that night was one of the worst I've ever seen. Wow. So I've seen them a few times. Yeah. I saw them on the American Idiot Tour which was great yeah. and that was one of those rare times where it was a band that I listened to and my wife listened to good. and we both knew the songs and she's yeah. very excited that's probably the most fun we've had together at that's a concert good. she loves going to see a band like Kiss she doesn't know the song she hears them a little bit now but she loves the production yeah. and she you know the, the flames the fireworks and the fact that it, there's confetti at the end great she loves all that this was one where she knew the songs and all yeah. that and then we saw them again when they had the three albums come out which when you have three albums come out you should probably have one album come out. You have one great album come out instead of three. Absolutely eh. mediocre. Albums. Yeah. 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 They were definitely, they should have all been called. Eh. Yeah. You know, I, I have never gone to a show uh, to sing right. me sing, you know, I, I will go to sing along with, mm -hmm. I will unfortunately too many times go just to listen to the person behind me sing. Oh yes. Very often that happens to me. Yeah. But that night at the green day show, uh, the song would start and, and uh, Billy Joe would do one or two lines. And then he would go, you sing. And it was like, is your throat not, I didn't pay $80 yeah. to sing. You sing. Yeah. And, you, you know, know? I, I saw Motley Crue for the first time on their farewell tour. Yeah. And that's a great example of an opening band. Because the first what farewell I was, tour or the, this most recent? The, the, the actual most recent okay. farewell tour. <laughs> uh, great example there, though. Uh, my favorite performer, Alice Cooper, opened. Yeah. So I was very excited. Uh, that's a great one-two punch. Yeah. It was at the Hollywood Bowl. So that's, that's but. Vince Neil, he can hit a high note, but then he needs to catch his breath. So it was a lot of like, he'd sing, but then the, the microphone goes yeah. out. And, you know, I like when Springsteen, he gives the microphone to the crowd, but you can still hear him shout. He's still singing. Absolutely. You know, and yeah. sometimes to his detriment, you know, that yeah. he could take a break if he's got the three hours, but, you know, he doesn't. So what I guess I was trying to ask you, is there, a, this doesn't even have to be recent. Is there a good instance? So you mentioned the band that opened up for Green Day. Yeah. A band you had not heard of, you saw as an opening act and you were like, hey, this band's pretty good. You know, uh, the last one was probably against me when they opened up for Foo Fighters. Okay. Uh, that were a total shock. Their songs stop. 
uh, different drummer is in the band now, uh, but he was just wailing on that drum kit playing that song, and that was and that was one that that blew me away. But it doesn't happen all that often. No, it doesn't. And usually, there's some degree of familiarity, and especially now when you can go on YouTube, like, oh, this band that's opening. Let me let yeah. me hear like what they sound like. Yeah. And you know, there have been some good sort of you know you'll get some like local bands that you're not that familiar with. And the oh the girl who sings on everything will be all right in the end the Weezer album she has a oh band. best coast best coast that yeah, was one that I saw and up for Paramore in a few in, oh great on their full Paramore tour. we saw open for no doubt so my yeah. wife my wife liked that one two punch that yeah. was one where I Love like Bethany, no doubt Bethany I know the songs I know the songs yeah. for no doubt my wife was way more excited than I was but I still enjoyed it it was a good show because yeah, it was a fun show. quite a performer they're and, they're an LA band you know yeah and you still have your East Coast I, bias right? oddly enough though. <laughs> Uh, we went all the way to Phoenix to see them because oh, what happens okay. when you live in Los Angeles is that a lot of times bands will play during the week because yes, they're they like, will. people are going to come out whenever we play. That sure. was the same thing when I lived in New York. Yeah. So sometimes it's like, you know, I, I can't always go during the week, you know, especially when you work in television slash radio, like my wife and I, it's not always easy to, no. to get out to a show. So, when, you know, it's like, well, we're, we're going to make a weekend of it and go to Phoenix. And yeah. I didn't tell her what she was seeing. So it was great. But and once we're at the show, I have not yelled at the top of my lungs in years because I cannot stretch my vocal cords. So there'll be people yelling like, Woo! Yeah, yeah. And I just sit down, just, I, I clap and that's it. I, I do a lot more clapping now. Yeah, I don't um, yell, I don't scream. I, I also, unfortunately, at this point, I'm a little bit younger than you, I'm 41. I, you. I bring... He's younger than me. Uh-huh. I am a little. <laughs> but I'm going to say that I feel very old because I actually bring earplugs now because I have a little bit of tinnitus oh. in my left ear. And I have to because when I went to a show yeah. after the ringing started and I didn't bring it, 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 it did go back to where it was, but then I was afraid that I'm like, oh, I think I did something. That's too bad. So when I went to see Guns N' Roses at Dodger Stadium, I forgot my earplugs. I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. And that's how I talked for the rest of the week. Like, hi, how are you? Is that what it's like? Because I have no, pro- I have, I mean, I was partially deaf when I was a child. July 7th, 1981. I had my hearing uh, fixed and my thumb. Look, you can see the scar. It's pretty cool. Wow, that's anyway, pretty cool. Uh, so I had my hearing fixed in July of 1981, and I don't, I don't wear earplugs. And I, I've wondered when you wear an earplug, how much of the show are you actually hearing? Very much. Like, it, are it, you just it, feeling it, or are you yeah. still hearing? I, you know what? I would say give it a test for an opening band that maybe you're not as excited about. Yeah. You kind of see, you can still hear it very well. Okay. Uh, and I was very resistant at first. Like I would go see some of my favorite bands, and I'm yeah. like. Well, I'll wear it during the opener, <laughs> but, uh, and then I would, t- you know, like if I went to see uh, Soul Asylum and Everclear, well, I'm going to keep the earplugs in during Everclear, but, uh, that's, that's just I me. Be, I would be the opposite. See, exactly. We, so. we saw Motorhead, my buddy John Bilodeau and I saw Motorhead from the second row once. So we were right in front of the speakers Yikes. and, uh, and I was thinking a little bit that night, I, I wish I had like earmuffs, everything above the, cause the whole building was shaking. Yeah. I and saw rest in peace as well. Now. I, yeah. Let me, I saw Motorhead. Uh, there was a package tour in 1991 called Operation Rock and Roll. So you had, uh-huh. you had, I guess Judas Priest was the headliner, Alice Cooper, I guess in the second slot. And then you had uh, Motorhead, you had some other bands, you had Metal Church, Dangerous Toys, the much less successful bands. Yeah. And so I went to one version of that, uh, you know, one stop, one tour stop in East Rutherford, New Jersey at the Meadowlands Arena, which had many names. It's a different building now. Sure. That's not the point. Saw Motorhead. I'm like, whoa, that was loud. So then at the local county fair, about two weeks later, it's general admission. Yeah. So we go, we're really just there for Alice Cooper. And uh, Motorhead's on right before him. And my friend Dan and I are in the second round. We're like, are we, are we going to make it through this? <laughs> and they announce uh, that uh, due to uh, unforeseen circumstances, Motorhead will not be playing tonight. 
And I have to admit, I was very relieved because the dudes in the the uh, motorhead leather jackets yeah. that were in front of us turned around and left. So then we were in the front row. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I'm glad cool. that I have seen Lemmy cool. so that I experienced it. But boy, did I not want to see it in the second row. So that's yeah. interesting that you had that. Yeah. And that could have been me. Yeah. I, and I... Uh... I had never seen them either. And that was, and, and seeing these acts that I love really came about. I was, uh, and we'll, we'll, uh, in, in uh, inception back to the Springsteen question you asked 35 minutes ago in just a moment, but I was at a Bon Jovi show in Saskatoon and had never seen Bon Jovi. I have still never seen Bon Jovi. Yeah. That's I've seen the, them. I've seen them a couple of times since. Uh, don't, don't, don't go. Well, I was going to say, yeah. I, 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 until Richie comes back, I felt like I had missed, I, I missed the window for where yeah. I would have most enjoyed it. As them. did I, yeah, but, yeah. but was real, what was really odd uh, that night of the show was uh, like, you see him now and he wants to be Mick Jagger. Like since Richie Sambora is gone, yeah. he's, he's not answering to anybody. So he's just prancing around, making faces to the crowd. And it was, I, I saw them like a, a, about a month ago and, and that was it for me. That was my fourth Bon Jovi show. And, he, and as, as was revealed uh, on the internet, he uses a backing track now, which I think a lot of people do. But if you use it, you better be able to cover for it. Yeah. Uh, And he was sick that night and he wasn't covering for it. So, yeah. But anyway, Anyway. I had seen, I hadn't seen him. And and so, you know, during the eighties when they were huge opportunities didn't present themselves to see him. And so after I saw him that night, it was okay. I need to see all the bands I've never seen in my life before. Now I need to see them just in case it's too late, and and that led to me being able to see the finally the final two Beastie Boys show at oh, Lagrado wow. in Florida, and then at uh, at Bonnaroo down in Tennessee. And those were their last two. shows. Those were their last two, and I had a ticket to come back. This was in two thousand and uh, two thousand ten, I think it was. I had a ticket to go see them at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, okay. Uh, but which they ended up having to cancel because uh, Adam Yelk was diagnosed with cancer. It was still two years before he would pass away. But uh, just driving by the Hollywood Bowl to, to come up here uh, was, I found it very emotional. I mean, the first thing I did when I got to LA was go to the studios in Atwater Village that the Beastie Boys used to own and to stand in the back alley where they filmed the video for, for Pass the Mic. Uh, as Christian knows, you might not know this, but I love to go to pop culture places and just exist because I believe you can feel yeah. the And you the don't just post those things on Facebook. They're also on Twitter. They're so on Twitter follows and, and Instagram. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and just, you know, like standing there. And then the fact that somebody had come in early to work that day and I got to go into the room that oh, was wow. their studio. That's and, very cool. And so, but passing by the the Hollywood Bowl and and just thinking, and uh, and then of course this week, Chris Cornell. I mean, the more the, yeah. the more the more of this story that comes out, uh, the more it's it's just shocking. And uh, and and we're talking about bad opening acts. The worst opening act I ever saw was a group known as uh, Earl Greyhound, who opened up for. Uh, and I hope they're not friends of yours. No, no. I have to say, I like the name. <laughs> they opened up for Chris Cornell solo at a small theater in uh, Regina, Saskatchewan, and we were in the third row, my buddy John Billado and I. And it was they were the absolute worst. They thought everybody was there to see them, oh, no. and it was just uh, a bad attempt at roots rock and roll. Sort of like they really thought they were the Black Crows, and the the songs were just horrible. They weren't saying anything, and mm. they were. It's still re- referred to as the worst opening act I've ever seen, but. Uh, but to Adam Yow, Chris Cornell. Yeah, well, let's talk about Chris Cornell for a second because yeah, you brought it up. Uh, you want to talk about great opening acts. Yeah. I saw Madison Square Garden, also 1991, good year for concerts. Guns N' Roses played Madison Square Garden. And the opening act was Soundgarden, who uh, at that point, oh. Bad Motor Finger had come out. Yeah. My brother bought the record, well, the CD. And, uh, you know, he listened to it a lot. And 
and I liked it. And I was like, okay, I like this. This guy's fine. Um, yeah. I was way more into Guns N' Roses. But my brother was like, you know, I really like Soundgarden a lot yeah. more. Which at that moment, you're like, my brother's crazy. And just due to circumstances, because I always thought he was an amazing singer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, seemed like a an affable bloke, as my old boss Dennis Miller would say. Uh, never saw them again, not because I was just like, I will not see them again. I right. just sort of, I don't know, I just sort of figured there'd be an, an occasion where it made sense, and it just, it never did. So I was very glad that I saw them, which is sort of a weird thing to talk about when somebody dies. But my problem went, uh, when Prince passed away, I was like, oh yeah, I, I really should have done that. So I, I mm. hate having that feeling. You know, David Bowie, it was a little bit easier because, you know, he hasn't toured, he hadn't toured in so long. Yeah. You know, I mean, he did like the, I'm Afraid of Americans, the Trent Reznor album, that yeah. stuff. But at that point, I was just, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I was just going to see Soul Asylum and Everclear separately, not on the same bill back then. But anyway, uh, so the Chris Cornell story, it, it's very sad when yeah. you hear about it. And yeah. I don't know, there's this sort of this gut reaction when you hear that somebody dies young. It, it's very tragic and it's sad. And when you hear that they decide to take their own life, your your first instinct can be just to be a little bit more angry about yeah. it. But then when you think about it, it's like, you know, it, it's a completely different kind of affliction, but what he was facing was just as much a problem as someone who does have cancer or whatever. And it, the difference being that outwardly, he probably seemed fine, you know? Mm. I mean, it, it didn't seem like anybody thought anything of it. People saw a show that I think ended at 11.15 and supposedly hung himself at midnight. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't think people, you just, I guess you never know. And that's the sad part is that people... Just feel, yeah. I had a, 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 somebody that I knew really well in high school and I kind of lost touch with, um, but was friends with through Facebook. He was probably one of my favorite people to read what they thought about the news. Mm -hmm. He worked for the uh, Associated Press. And uh, he was on vacation with friends and, and he killed himself in New Orleans. And it was just, it was just such a shock because you're no. just like, that's not the guy that you think would no. do it, no. you know? And Chris Cornell, I don't know at all. But at the same time, you see that and you just go like, wow him like if if chris cornell can live chris cornell's life and feel like you know what i i just can't do this anymore and kurt cobain a much different period in his life yeah. so he was just getting to deal with fame and i i guess he couldn't handle it and didn't feel like he deserved it and all, all that who knows it's just i don't know it's just so surprising when you hear that like first of all when i see somebody die that young and it pops up on facebook or somebody you know writes chris cornell r.a.p my first thing is like, oh, fuck you. Why is somebody saying that? You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's like, you know, did they perform on a TV show and they sounded bad? You know, you just think it's something like that. So it's sad and you have the outpouring of just what a what a great musician he was. And then literally the next day I was reading an article in, this will tie it all together. I was reading an article in Rolling Stone about the 25th anniversary reissue of the soundtrack to the movie Singles, yeah. which is a movie that I loved, and Absolutely. I love the soundtrack, probably one of my favorite soundtracks ever. Now, Chris Cornell has a song on that soundtrack. In the course of the movie, uh, Matt Dillon's character has his band Citizen Dick, but then he later goes on and he, he puts out his, his solo tape. So uh, Jeff Ament from uh, Pearl Jam did the design for the cassette just to have as a prop, and he had song titles on it, and it was kind of a, a joke thing that they passed around. Fast forward to a little bit later, and uh, Chris Cornell's wife, from Heart, of course, uh, comes home, and she bought a cassette that somebody was selling outside of a concert, which was the solo, solo cassette for Matt Dillon's character. <laughs> and someone had taken the time to record all the songs with the fake song titles that Jeff Ament came up with, <laughs> and that someone was Chris Cornell. He just thought that it would be kind of fun and funny, 
And you just like, first of all, that's one brilliant, two hysterical mm-hmm. at the same time yeah. that this guy like took the time to do that. One of those songs, Spoon Man, which would later become a huge hit for Pearl Jam. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, it's so funny that he's he's that guy. You said Pearl Jam. I did say Pearl Jam, and you're right. I said the wrong guy. It was for Soundgarden. I won't, I, I won't correct you unless you're No, wrong. no. Don't correct me unless I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Never correct me if I'm right. And you, so you hear that, and you're just like, so this guy, at that point in his life, sure, he's, he's very happy. He's doing something that's kind of funny. He's yeah. a goof. And I, I don't know what happens in 25 years. That kind of, and maybe he always felt this way. You, you never really know. Yeah. And I guess that's what it comes down to. You know, when it is people who take their own life, you know, you never really know. I mean, Robin Williams, still, the, still, still, so funny. Still a huge show. You just can't yeah. imagine it. But obviously, you know, he couldn't imagine, you know, having another day. And, yeah. and so literally we never know. Yeah. And I don't know, just sort of some jumbled feelings there. But when you heard that Chris Cornell passed away, Dan, uh, what were your thoughts? I assume that you would have seen him. Well, you mentioned, I think, that you yeah, saw him. You I've saw seen a terrible times. opening act. The uh, the thing about this day and age, and uh, please let's not go any deeper into using the term uh, because of the fake news and the yeah. trolls out there and everybody saying and doing what they, uh, one of the things that you do when you work in the business uh, the business of show. Yes. Uh, if you're working on the news side, you hear something and then you start, you look around to confirm it. And so I had just got back to the hotel after the first U2 show. And by the way, let me let me just jump in here uh, with something else. Uh, depression is a horrible thing. I've dealt yeah. with it. And, uh, and if you are feeling like there's nobody you can talk to, there is the depression hotline out there. Find it. Call the number. Talk to somebody. And uh, sometimes there, there, there is nowhere to go, but but usually there might be. So talk to somebody uh, if you're having problems with depression. Right, and talking to somebody on the other end of one of those hotlines is probably a lot easier because a lot of people feel like they don't want to burden their friends. And I know I have some good friends that are dealing with some anxiety and some other issues related to that. And it's it's very hard because you can tell they, they just can't they can't talk to their friends about yeah. it. So and, I think and that's a, it's a great you point. You don't want to, because yeah. if you're out, you're, you're out having fun and somebody says, what are you up to? It's just like, Oh man, I can't deal with life yeah. anymore. You know? So, so ask for help, look for help. Help is available. You're not alone. And that's the most important thing that I could pass on. But I'd gotten home from the YouTube show in Santa Clara and, and saw somebody uh, write, cause I was just at the Fox theater two weeks ago in Detroit, seeing Chris rock. I was just there and so uh, somebody who I had followed that I had met that night posted something about it. And I was like, oh, no, this can't be true. He's 52 years old. This can't be true. He's got young kids. This this can't be true. He would have just performed a show. Yeah. I mean, if you talk to any musician, they'll tell you that it's like they look to replace drugs and alcohol. Most musicians and comedians take to replace that high you get when you're on a stage. So you were just on a stage. You had that high. Uh, and then you go back to the hotel room and we're starting to hear stories that his wife said that he was slurring uh, after when she was talking to him right b- right before he would have killed himself. So she thinks there might be some other thing. There is a bigger story here, I think, that, yeah. that's going to come out, much like when we found out Prince died. There was, a, there was a bigger story there that none of us knew anything about. And and so I double-checked it and triple-checked it and, uh, and just tears, just sadness, just, yeah. you know, like... Just poor fella, because like I said, I've I've been there. Depression and anxiety can mess you up in ways that you you can't even think they're going to. And uh, for somebody like that, when you think that that he's somebody who has it all, he's a rock star, he's a gorgeous human being. Uh, I can say as a, a happily heterosexual man. Yeah. And and the voice, the voice that that Perry Farrell and everybody was referring to as the voice of an angel. Um, 
So I was even even at the age of fifty two. Even at the age you know, of fifty two, so many people, even younger than him, yeah. lose that ability. Yeah. and and he still had that. And look, he was a great solo artist. Soundgarden was hugely successful, and he also had the band Audio Slave. So yeah. this is a guy who you and know, Temple of the Dog, right? Of course, maybe. and there was there had been yeah. a Temple of the Dog tour, and the I reunion yeah. last year, which I was going to go to Philly and see, but in the end, I I, I just didn't. So I I had the pleasure of seeing. Uh, Chris Cornell a couple of times. I, he's one of those guys that, that's going to be Miss Soundgarden's getting ready to we're getting ready to work on a new record. Yeah, well, I've heard the that anniversary yeah. of, of singles is coming up. There's more tracks from from Soundgarden on the double album that's going to be released from it. So it's it's a horrible thing when we hear it. But I guess over the last couple of years, as we continue to age, whether you're 41 or older than you, <laughs> the people that we loved are going to be dying because they are older than yeah. us. You know, like a few. I was on the air a few years ago, the the Sunday morning when when. Claire Clarence Clements passed away and I was inconsolable. I was so upset. I barely could, could talk about it. And it was just like, that's what's going to continue to happen as, as, as we get older, the people that we love who are mostly all older than us, the artists that we love, uh, whether they, whether it's by their own hand or, or it's just their time, it's going to continue to happen. Now, hopefully, 2016 and so far 2017 have not been great for, for celebrities. No, there's definitely been some uh, carryover yeah. into two, 2017. It but, used to uh, be celebrities die in threes. Now they're dying think, in 300s. Yeah. Like, let's bring that number down. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Well, again, so that's sort of a, a very sad thing very to sad. Very uh, sad. find out about. The more you hear about it, the, the worse it is. And uh, I, I don't know. All you can do is feel sad for. And I, I heard uh, some other musicians making this point, of course you feel sad for his family yes but you also feel sad for his brothers in the band who probably didn't know that that's where he was at i i would assume they didn't know because yeah. if they knew they probably wouldn't have been out on tour and performing you know if they knew he felt that bad so and just to be that close and spend that much time with someone and just think of how long that some of those guys have known him you know, for 30 yeah. years yeah and just the idea that they didn't know and so obviously we feel we feel terrible about that we but do we will move on and talk about other things, though. Yes. So you alluded to being up in Santa Clara. Santa Clara. To see you 2 which is the inspiration yes. for this rock and roll road trip. And you're seeing them there, and you're That's seeing them. That's what they them. call a reset, ladies and yes. gentlemen. Yes. And uh, we're speaking with Dan Reinish, <laughs> whom you can follow at Dan Reinish. His YouTube page is Daniel Reinish. That's right. R-E-Y-N-I. SH. And don't forget, Christian Blatt, you're listening to the Blattcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, that's right. You're here with Dan Reinish and the Blattman. Just put that Blatt sign over the city of Los Angeles, friends, and he will come to save you from boredom. That's he right. The Blattman. The Blattcast. Don't forget, Blattcast.com, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. Yeah. The yeah. Blattcast on Facebook, at Blattcast on Twitter, and of course me, I'm at Christian DMZ. That's right. So we got it all in there. Yeah. So you saw you 2 already. I did, yeah. Uh, do And I assume you've seen them previous to this I have. Tour. I've yeah. seen them a few times. Yeah. So you're going to see them doing the Joshua Tree in its entirety, yeah. which is, of course, you know, sort of, I, I think a lot of people... Would you call it a seminal album? That's a seminal album. Yeah. That's an album that I think the majority of people did not really know them before that. They had success, of course, with War and Boy and, you know international success but this was like this was huge yeah you know? another album that came out at that point was in excess kick and you feel like the majority of the radio in 1987 1988 yeah. were songs from those two records pretty much yeah pretty much, that's yeah. pretty much all you would get every yeah. once in a while you hear a bobby brown song but that, that was basically it so you you have seen one of these shows and you're seeing another one at the rose bowl 
which I will have you know. Have you ever been to the Rose Bowl before? I have. Okay, is my least favorite venue for any kind of event ever. Mm. A big reason why, well, also the price tag, but two reasons why I was just like, I, I can't go to that. Uh, Green Day are playing at the Rose Bowl, and if they were playing somewhere else, I might go. Okay. It's, it's a little bit the venue because it's a it's a college football stadium. It's so in the middle it, of nowhere. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's the infrastructure. $90 parking yeah. day of. The infrastructure, getting in, getting out, whether you drive yourself, whether you take the shuttle. Yeah. And people think that they'll walk to the metro and it's like a mile and a half. I don't know how many kilometers that is. I'm sorry. I should have done the conversion. Three. Three. It's too many kilometers. Back to Bob and Doug McKenzie. You yeah. Have a great way to double it and add 20. <laughs> double it and add 20. I didn't even realize That's that. That's how you do it. Yeah. So, uh, and it's just, I've gone to the Rose Bowl yeah. there. Uh, I've been to see USC play UCLA there. Uh, I've probably been there like five times, and I legitimately hope I never go there again. Yeah. But there probably would, I guess if, you know, if... Uh, Robert Plant and Jimmy Page did the uh, Led Zeppelin reunion that they'll probably never do. That's the sort of thing I'm like, I'll go see it anywhere. Yeah. But it's just, it's so badly designed and I feel like it could be easier. It could be better run, Yeah. but it isn't. And that's why I get infuriated. Yeah. And, and, and I could, I could totally see that having, having been there and, and the, the parking getting out of it is, is going to be absolutely horrible. Yeah. But and I have, uh, I have friends who are going back to bed. They're going Saturday and Sunday. And yeah. I'm just like, just stay su- Sunday, Saturday absolutely. night. Yeah. Just, just, you know, just, just bring big, a, bring a sleeping bag. Big, huge field where, where people play ultimate you could just stay yeah. there yeah i'm excited i'm excited to see the, the show again uh, the joshua tree when it came out i hated that record hated oh, it. did you did you hate the singles did you hate no the... you know what it was is and this could happen back in the day for us really older than christian black people <laughs> you could you could love a band that people would never have heard of yeah and and unforgettable fire was was their their second or their third record and it had pride in the name of love on it and bad and a sort of homecoming at JFK. And for me, uh, that helped me get through high school. That was that was a tremendous record. I would I would study while listening to pride in the name of love and then subconsciously remember stuff while studying and then just think of the song while I was writing my exams. And it helped me get through it. And and the fact that nobody knew who they were, like so many great songs, New Year's Day, I Will Follow, all of that. Nobody knew who they were. And then all of a sudden, everybody is walking around going, yeah. oh. And there's, I, I don't know what it is about pop culture stuff, but when somebody sits there and goes, oh, I've loved this band my whole life. Yeah. And you're looking at them going, you just discovered who they are. Like getting back to our our, our Weezer fan club, when, when millennials and 14-year-old kids are like, I've loved this band my whole life. It's like, <laughs> yes, but you're 14. Yeah, they had six albums before you were yeah. even yeah. conceived. And, and, yeah. and that's fine. Everybody can love in their own, of course, in their own way yeah. of loving. But it's it's a matter of, I didn't I didn't like the Joshua Tree because it was everywhere. And in fact, the album uh, that most U2 fans don't care for, Rattle and Hum, is the one that got me back into them and oh, back in, into the Joshua Tree. I love Rattle and Hum and I love Joshua Tree now. But when you think about the Joshua Tree, the, the big hits were all on side one. And so when you hear this album played live, the, the back five songs are all those slow yeah. sad songs yeah. and so this concert starts off they they came out uh, sunday bloody sunday i will follow great bad pride in the name love of love it. then they did the first five songs from joshua tree and then it was <laughs> and i love this band i'll listen to them and then and then so after the album they played some deep cuts and then they played a couple of more hits you know the hits from the record they gave everybody through apple and then they introduced this new song from the new record that's coming out and it too is like really slow and you're sitting there going okay you know your show should end with a song that's as powerful as vertigo yeah it shouldn't end with oh, 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 and then say good night everybody and and leave and uh, but i mean you know they're they're you too they can do what they want it's it's a this is a band uh, that doesn't look back 
Yeah. They, they never look back. They except never celebrate for, their past except, except for, now. for Yeah, and it's it, that was an interesting decision. I guess yeah. because as we said, this is the seminal it's a album. Seminal album. And I don't know, this was something where them doing the Joshua Tree in its entirety was a little bit appealing, but kind of for the reasons that you mentioned, I'm like, I kind of don't want to see that. I'd rather see them a different time where they're just mixing and matching and not playing a whole album. Yeah. And especially if they were doing Akhtung Baby in its entirety, I would definitely stay very far away from that. Because oh, so I, the I, was, I was building, a, a, I was building like, oh, I think I like that band. And then there was that, and there was the Zeropa, and there was oh, all this. Was and I was, I was just good kind stuff. of out. At that, that point, stuff. I was back in by that. Yeah, point. see that. I feel like it's a band that I'll regret if I never see them. So I would like to see them yeah. at some point, not at the Rose Bowl, not doing this. And you know, here's the thing though: the concert ticket prices are not going down. No, so that's my mistake. I probably should have gone to that Zoo TV tour in high school yeah. that most people in my class went to. I I don't get why. Uh, and so when I'm at a stadium and uh, th- I threw some pictures on Twitter and Instagram the other day, I, I, I will never go back to Santa Clara. Probably never to see. I don't need to see the 49ers play. Joe Montana was my favorite player as a kid. He's not playing anymore. The Wait, fact, he's not? No. I haven't no. followed the NFL in a while. The fact, the fact <laughs> that they don't have their their re- their retired numbers uh, up unless there's the game. Like, you you go to you go to the, the Rich Stadium, uh, Wilson Stadium. I guess it's New Era Stadium in Buffalo now. It's had so many names in the yeah. last couple of years. The retired numbers, including OJ, are still up on the wall where you can see them. And it's just like, this is where when when we retired Bruce Smith's number, this is where they put it, and it's still right there. When you go into the Santa Clara Stadium, they don't have the modern-day numbers retired where you can see them. You have to go in to the Hall of Fame. I don't like and that. And then, you know, and, and the Patriot Stadium is the same in New England. Gillette Stadium. Gillette Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> see, you like you like corporate nicknames. I just like well, the Well, I, like, I like the ones that are funny. Funny. So in Providence, Rhode Island, there's a Dunkin' Donuts arena. Yeah. And it just sounds so dumb because what do you say? Like, oh yeah, we're going to go see this concert at the, the Dunk. The Dunk. Now the best one is the one I always use, Cincinnati. Great American ballpark. Yeah. Because if you don't live there, you don't know that that's a bank. Yeah. And it just sounds cool. It's like, oh, it's a great American ballpark. Cincinnati. They used to always have opening day before everyone. Great. I like that. And then some of them, yeah, some of them are really bad. Uh, Petco Park is kind of funny. You're like, really? It's a great ballpark. Probably, probably, it's definitely my wife's favorite. Okay. It's my second favorite to PNC Park in Pittsburgh, which again, another bad name, but it brings it around to a place that is no longer called Skydome. The Rogers Center. It is called Skydome. Well, I don't, I don't know this name that you're talking about. I, I when I went there, it, actually, we took a, uh, we did a, we did a choir trip my senior year of high school. Thank you very much. And we went I to Toronto. You. We we uh, <laughs> went to Toronto and we took a tour. No. Toronto. You don't pronounce the T. You don't, is is there a T though? There that's, is a T. That there is a T. But that's Toronto. How, you want to know? You want to? If somebody, it's like New Orleans. You can't say New yeah, Orleans. If you New want to Orleans. Know if, if somebody's from Toronto or not, they say Toronto. If somebody says Toronto, they're not from there. It's like Calgary. It's not Calgary. It's right. Calgary. Well, it's also not Oregon. Yeah. You know, that's another one that people get. Yeah. It, it's Oregon. Yeah. All right. So Toronto. Yeah. The uh, Skydome. Skydome. Yeah. And that's what it's called. It took, took a tour and I uh, got, had a, this fun picture that I was taking of uh, me standing on the pitcher's mound. You know, they had just won back-to-back World Series. And I'm like, this is going to be fun. <laughs> and then the girl who took my picture uh, put her finger over the lens, not to be a jerk, just because she was bad at taking pictures. Oh. But in those days, it's not Who like knows? you could like, oh, let me check it. Who knew? 
Yeah. So uh, I don't have the picture of me at the pitcher's mound at uh, at Sky Dome. That's too bad. But uh, I loved that uh, there was a uh, there's like a what? So there was the hotel in the outfield, which I guess is still there, but you still can't there. you can't stay there during a game. I no, guess. you can. Oh, you yeah, can. You can. The hotel the hotel is is still in, in operation. Uh, you can still rent the rooms facing the field during the mm-hmm. game. Absolutely, the Renaissance Renaissance Downtown Hotel. It's available for your bookings. The rooms are quite expensive. I would imagine like a thousand bucks on a on a game on a game night. Right. Um, but you are not. You are not allowed to be amorous against the window while the game is which going was on. something that I know that they had a problem with that, Many which times. is why I thought yeah. that you couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I remember that there was a uh, Hard Rock Cafe out there. And that's then, gone you know, now. That's gone now, well, which is shocking because we were my my friend Cortelli and I were there last Sunday for the game, and uh, I was looking into the area because we just happened to go into that gate, look into the area where the Hard yeah. Rock Cafe used to be, and it's just it's almost they just abandoned it so the tables are still there the wow. reception area is still there they just abandoned and it's a, it's a good portion of, of uh, the ballpark that could be used but when there's you know when there's no baseball season there's not a, an awful lot of traffic down there or there wasn't uh, but now the there's the aquarium down there the Air Canada Centre where the Raptors and Maple Leafs play is down there there's a huge new arcade that's opening up down there the whole area uh, from the time when you would have been there has all been renovated and it's it's all beautiful and 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 there's so much touristy things to do down down there, and and real fans call it Skydome. So Skydome yes. mostly gets used for Blue Jays, and I assume the Argonauts still play there? Or? The Argonauts now play at uh, the Bank of Montreal field, the BMO field, along with the Toronto FC, the football. Do you have MLS here? Do you remember You remember yeah. David Beckham used to play in I, L.A.? For a minute, yeah. A minute, well, yeah. he was signed for a couple years, but he only played for a little bit. Yeah, yeah he still got his $12 million. Yeah, he sure did. But, uh, but yeah, so no, the, uh, the Toronto Argonauts in the CFL, the Canadian Football League, play now in the soccer stadium. So all the football is played in one stadium and because the so, Jays the Jays used to have artificial turf and the, they now have a dirt infield. Right. And they're looking at ways to to see if they can't put grass uh, in the building. Now, I went to that ballpark more recently, although it was still a long time ago now. It was 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and it was part of a little road trip. It was there where 4 days ago. Some some friends and I we uh, did a little road trip. We saw the Yankees and Blue Jays mm-hmm. at Skydome. We hit the road and we saw the Mets and the Expos play a, in Olympic Stadium. Yeah, and uh, this was two thousand two, and yeah, so we spent twenty dollars and we basically sat in the front row. Yeah, and uh, they went around and checked everyone's tickets in the expensive section to make sure that you had them. There were that few people there, but that was one of the most fun games I've ever been at at, at Olympic Stadium. And uh, I, I liked. First of all, I love Yuppie. Yeah. He's he's a great mascot. I'm glad that uh, what the Canadians still Canadians had still put him. Yeah, yeah, they put him to use, which is good because I thought that he was he was a, put him to use. You know, <laughs> look, you got to think that that suit could sit in a closet somewhere. It could be in Cooperstown let's for God's sake. Give the kid a function. Yeah, let's give him something to do. Put a hockey jersey on and make the kids happy. <laughs> it was great. Uh, the the beers were taller, had higher alcohol content. Yeah, and that was great. There was a, a an establishment, a little kiosk called Monsieur Smoked Meat. So, uh, you know, very happy to be amongst, you know, the few thousand people. And this was when the Expos thought they were going to get contracted. So yeah. they had traded for Bartolo Colon. Yeah. So uh, got to see him pitch for the Expos. So it was uh, it was fun. I think it's one of many Mets games I saw on the road where they lost. But that's all right. That's what happens. So uh, I, I had fun. But that's that drive. We're sort of talking about these road trips. That yeah. drive between Toronto and Montreal. Um, one of the most boring drives I've ever done. I don't know if there was anything to see in between because there's no yeah. signs that tell you like, hey, stop here for you know the the largest ball of twine in Ontario. I don't know. No. Like there's I, there's I didn't I didn't even know when there was a Tim Hortons, which I should have known. 
I was just trying to, I did that road trip a month and a half ago because the Jays started the season. Uh, they start the season every year playing exhibition games in Montreal right. against a different team. This year was Pittsburgh. And I did the drive back. And um, there's a lot of Canadiana, a lot of places you wouldn't know to stop on the yeah. way back. Which I, I would have liked to have known because yeah. my favorite part of Richards, my uh, friend Tim and I, that same summer, we yeah. did a, a ballpark trip of the Midwest. Yeah. And, you know, we would read about, you know, restaurants we would go to in Chicago, things like that. We'd plan. And I love taking those sort of stadium tours, getting to see the places. But a great way to understand the people in any city yeah. is you sit there in the ballpark and you talk to them. And, you know, the that year, the Detroit Tigers were about to lose 120 games. They did not. They stopped short of it, but they they almost did. They almost yeah. had three starting pitchers with 20 losses. It was all around a bad year. So the guy that we ran into outside the kiosk, he was just he and a buddy had taken the day off work. It was a day game. And he had company seats yeah. and he just, he wanted $10 each for these seats. And we sit, we're like really close on the field. He just wanted a couple of bucks for it. And we talked to him. We really understood a lot about being a Tigers fan at that point. Yeah. You know, of course you stick with your team, you know? Oh, absolutely. You know, of course you do. But at the same time, you're just like, it's got to be infuriating. But it's like you go because it's fun. I love just sitting in the ballpark. You know, there's times where I've gone to Dodger Stadium just to buy tickets because they, you know, they have the advanced ticket window. And you go and you'll see there's people just like kind of sitting and just just reading they like took their lunch there yeah. and i just i like yeah. that sound of a ballpark when it's empty there's, i like the smell and the sights no and better. the sounds oh there's no better so no. i guess it brings us around to what are some obviously you have an affinity for skydome because it's your home ballpark yeah. but what are some of the best that you've seen along the way you know the sad thing when Baltimore put up Camden Yards yes. and there was this whole let's everybody get retro thing and that's what's going to take for baseball to come back to Montreal as a retro ballpark downtown because they can't play an Olympic Stadium anymore. No, no. The, the place, it's not that it's falling apart but it's its falling apart. Yeah, they, I mean the, the top deck the was roof, padlocked. Yeah. You know, you couldn't go up there. Yeah. You know, there are literally what, 30,000 seats that were just not yeah. even available. Yeah. Think, of, think about Olympic Stadium in Montreal was built for the 1976 Olympics. Much like I was built for the 1976 Olympics, there you yes. go. And the the stadium that was built for the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta is is now being replaced by a modern day downtown ballpark, which is preposterous that they replaced Turner Field. But that was... was the deal they made before the Olympics. I did some research on this because really? I was I I hate thinking of it, but it was like Turner Field or where they played before was in such bad shape. Oh, Fulton the, County Fulton Stadium, County which stadium. was uh, basically the parking lot for Turner Field is yeah. where Fulton County Stadium yeah. was. Yeah, and the wall that uh, Hank Aaron hit the ball yeah. over is still there which is why i have to go to atlanta and see before they take it down but the the team needed a new stadium and the city said we have to build this thing for the olympics you play there for a while and we'll build you one in 20 years and so they so that's why they signed a 20-year deal that's why they got 18 years out of it but you're right they could still play there they don't need it they don't need yeah i mean you could have done some minor refurbishment yeah, i mean done the something. los angeles angels of anaheim which some people still call the california angels you know, their ballpark opened in the late 60s and they took some time. It's beautiful. They, it's very nice now. You could have done that yeah. with uh, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But if the city will build you a new ballpark, why would the owner? Yeah, why but that's the problem is that it's not the city. It's way out in the suburbs. Yeah. It's in Cobb County, which yeah. is a very corrupt. There's a lot of political, you know, machinations and that. And they built a parking lot that does not have access across the street 
to the ballpark. So that's a that's a fundamental problem. Yeah. You weren't ready to open. So you know what? You you should not have opened. Oh, but... it's opened, buddy. Is oh, this I know. on? Is oh, this on? I know it's open because by, I've by watched the, way, the ball just sail out of there. By the way, 37 questions ago, you asked me uh, uh, the Bruce Springsteen shows, were they were the the five with the river different? And and they were. Yeah. Because because as you mentioned, there's uh, greatest hits after that. And yeah. there's different songs before it gets into the final nine songs that he closes every show with. Yeah. You never know what he's going to play. And that's one of the fun things is watching him call an audible. And yeah. he'll tell Nils and then he tells Steven and then they go off and tell everybody and, and they play that. And then and you hope that Jake Clemens, Clarence Clemens nephew, actually knows the song, which, by the way, Jake Clemens is fantastic. Oh, yeah. He's he and especially don't, with don't, stuff like don't that. Don't go negative on Jake. No, no. He's believe me, I'm not. Tremendous. But. It's a deep catalog. I've never seen him. He hasn't. I've never seen him yet. had a bad. No, he hasn't, he yeah. hasn't been stumped yet. And it's it is a great thing when you watch it yeah. because at, at Springsteen concerts, for people who don't know, people bring signs, and you know he'll sometimes hold up the sign, yeah. and they will do that song that they had. They probably hadn't even rehearsed in yeah. sometimes ten years, and yeah. I think that's great. There's there's teleprompters everywhere now. Well, but anyway, yeah, that's, of that's that's uh, U2 does it as well. Peter Gabriel at Red Rocks had teleprompters. Everybody had. Axl Rose used a teleprompter in 1991 when he was still very young. You know, so <laughs> at that point. And I was like, you know what? If you need the teleprompter. Yeah. And it's funny because when I saw Aerosmith the last time a few years ago, uh, I could read the teleprompter. So I'm like, well, I know what song's next. <laughs> you know? So yeah. that took a little bit away. Anyway, so we're talking about. I love Detroit. Detroit. Comerica Park. Comerica Park. Is great. I, uh, had you ever been to the old park, the old Tiger Stadium? I had. Uh, the first time I went to Detroit, um, the, the old stadium had been torn down, but the one beautiful thing that they did with the old stadium was they had left the bases there. So they just took the walls down and it was a big field. Oh, that's cool. And so you could go and stand in the outfield where Ty Cobb stood and where Babe Ruth stood and where the Blue Jays blew it all in the in the late week, last weekend of the 1987 season. You could go and, and stand there and, and run the bases and all of that. And it was that's really fun. cool. They're putting a new ballpark there for the Policeman's League. So no, I'd never been inside Tiger Stadium. But, but you've, you've but run I'm, the bases. I've run the bases. That's, that's, yeah. In a and, way, that's a lot better. Yeah. So. And, and at the time I did it, I weighed about the same as Babe Ruth did. So it was a pretty good <laughs> thing. Baltimore's a really good park. See, the, a baseball park is nothing without the people who work there. And if you've got good ushers who are there to, to just to chat with you for two seconds, not to wipe your seat down so they get the tip or whatever, yeah. uh, but just to chat with you about, oh, did you see this? Did you see that? And so uh, Boston is one of my favorite ballparks, but uh, the, 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 the ushers there are always just looking for cash. Fenway Park is yeah. great if there's no people in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know absolutely. the problem with Fenway Park? It's filled with Red Sox fans. Yes. Uh, and, you know, I've actually never been to the current Yankee Stadium, which it's now, what, eight years. I yeah. haven't been to that one. Uh, I felt like there was some charm to the old one, even though that is not a team that I have any affinity for. Yeah. You can appreciate it. Uh, that one looks very cold and emotionless on TV and there's no character to it. I know plenty of Yankee fans, some of whom were season ticket holders where they wished yeah. that their new ballpark was city field, which has a little bit more character where the Mets play. Uh, but the worst is it's a very nice, very sterile, literally no character, uh, nationals park where the Washington nationals play in yeah. DC and they didn't have they eventually made it right and they put up retired Expos numbers, which I liked. I was glad to see that because those should certainly be there yeah. because it is still part of the franchise. And, you know, I think they've like worn Expos hats during batting practice and things. So they're at least acknowledging the history, which I, I, yeah. I know I didn't like that. They right away were like, no, we're brand new. Hi. And then they were trying to act like they were a continuation of the Washington senators, which was a terrible franchise and left once to become the twins and left again to become the Texas Rangers. So, you know, the, the, the Washington senators didn't love you 
you. Okay, no, no. it's it's not it's not you. It's them. Yes, uh, and the other stadium that I really like is obviously Wrigley. Yeah, it's easy to say. If, if you have a decent seat, I had a seat once behind a post, and I was miserable because it was hot. Yeah. But I've also had a, a decent seat there. Actually, when I had that seat behind the post, that was sort of like more in the field. Of, we went up, and yeah. we were in a higher seat, which was a quote unquote worse seat. It had so much more fun because the people yeah. were fun. Well, see, I never, I never, and people always ask me how I can do this. And I say, you know, if you've got personality, you can get away with anything. And if you can fake it, you can get away with much more. <laughs> but I rarely ever sit in the seat that, that I buy. So it's just like buy a stadium to get in, a yeah. ticket to get into the stadium, and then just go where you're going to go. Right. And, and so I will usually watch the last two or three innings from any given seat. But it was just like, uh, if I'm in, if I'm in a stadium I've never been before, I want to look in every nook and cranny. I want to see where and especially if it's one of the older stadiums yeah i want to take a look inside this door i want to see what is there it's like you know do you guys make your food here or do you bring it in and so so a new stadium uh, even a great american ballpark in cincinnati is a great example uh but too many of these new stadiums and um Coors field in denver is yeah. one of the best examples uh, they're all the same color they're all the same seats yeah there's nothing and uh, football stadiums are much worse than football stadiums I was I, I when I was in Detroit as I mentioned a couple weeks ago I managed to get inside the now decaying Pontiac Silverdome where there's the, the the field level there's now a foot of water on the field you can't get on the field level and when the when the the ropes that used to hold the roof up snapped off they ripped a bunch of the seats out and were just thrown away uh, this place is so falling apart that the new Transformers movie is using it as a set the kids walk across the field before the water was on there and I don't think they had to do any set dressing to make it look like the world had crashed upon this wow. building they're going to be demolishing that in a few weeks ago uh, but that place demolishing demolished almost demolished and decaying as it is has more personality than than Ford Field does the new stadium where Detroit plays and 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 the seats, in, how you can tell a stadium is not going to have any personality if the seats are the color of something other than your team's colors. Yeah, absolutely. And right. if they're green, then, then you know, like the ones at Coors Field in Denver, I was looking at them going, this team's got like a million different colors, but none of them are green. Yeah. And the I, seats are green. You would think that there would at least be some purple. Yeah. There's a lot of purple on those Rockies logos. I, look, I definitely agree. There are perfect examples of teams that did a great job upgrading. One would be the Philadelphia Phillies because Veteran Stadium yes. was one of the worst single buildings I've ever walked into Absolutely. in my life. Yeah, I believe uh, 2002, 2003, I was there a couple times. And their new ballpark is beautiful. It is, it is that yeah. retro style, but it, yeah. it's so well done. And they have a great concourse where you yeah. can eat, and that's very smart. Uh, the you Mets still new run ballpark. the bases of, at, uh, of, of the vet. Of the vet. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Which I did because the Blue Jays... Uh, you know, partially uh, won the World Series there. So there you go. Yeah. But it was, uh, so I, yeah, I ran the bases there in the parking lot. So they have the markers where the bases were and where the uh, the, the end goals, the posts were for the for the football team. Did the Blue Jays give Mitch Williams a World Series ring? Because I think he might have been the MVP. I mean, Joe Carter, sure. But uh, I don't know. Mitch Williams had an awful lot to do with that. Listen, listen, you, you want to talk about opening. Uh, when you watch the... the you, you see what happens in the in the, in 1993 when Joe Carter hit that ball, uh, and that's why they say, "Oh, it's just like give the pitcher this." Uh, my friend Christian just said, "Does Mitch Williams give give get a World Series ring for throwing the pitch to Joe Carter?" The pitch he threw before was the exact same pitch as the one that he threw that Joe Carter hit. He missed the pitch before, and so Joe was watching him, having had the 
opportunity to spend a lot of time with Joe Carter over the years. Thank you. Very nice. Thank you. Joe will tell you that it was like when, when a pitcher doesn't have his stuff, yeah. which Mitch Wild Thing Williams didn't that night, and he missed on the inside slider that time, Joe was convinced he was going to throw him the exact same pitch. And that's why, you know, people thought, oh, you'd stand up there with a piece of wood and hit a ball. It's just like, no, you've got to know the mechanics and you've got to know the percentages and play the numbers. And so Joe was watching what he was going to throw and he threw them the, the exact same pitch. He hit it over the fence. And, you know, the Jays won the World Series for the second time in a row. Would have stayed in Canada in 94 had there not been a strike because the Expos would have won it that year. I, there was a great MLB Network it was. documentary yeah, about the, the Blue won. Jays. Oh, sorry, it was about yeah, the Expos. Yeah. You, you had it right. I had it wrong. So you corrected me before I even made the mistake. I see, I saw where that pitch Triumph was coming. Triumph and tragedy is what it was called. Yeah, I know. I, I, I but I, I, I threw a bad pitch. It's very heartbreaking for the people that were the Expos fans Absolutely. because they, yeah, they were the best. And that team was so good. I mean, that's, you know, just Pedro, that's enough. But they, yeah. Larry Walker and, you know, all those pieces that got taken away and shipped off. And then the fans never really came back, which, you know, you had little, you had smaller stories like that throughout baseball, yeah. which, you know, then turns to the home run chase, which was, of course, um, let's say inflated, but at the same time, it's what they needed. So uh, it definitely brought baseball back, which is great. But yeah, that that strike, I think, you know, you can't be sure. I feel like that's why we, you won't see a strike again because of how devastating it was. I guess in another generation you yeah. could. But I think when you have people that are in charge of players' unions and things, people, you know, like... Tony Clark, people who are going to remember what yeah. that was like, yeah. I think you won't see it, at least not for a while. And also, you'd have to ask, like, can they really make more money? Of oh, course they can. Yeah. But well, baseball won't have labor troubles again because the lockout in, in 94 was such a huge mistake. Yeah. And and when Seelig had to cancel the, the season and the playoffs, yeah. I think they've learned from that. And then uh, Cal Ripken brought it back, the home run chase and all of that also. Yeah, I, you're right. Like, the, those, both so of those many, stories. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, not a correction, just like adding on. No, to yeah, what I, saying, I, I didn't even take that into consideration. There was yeah. so much there that added to it. And baseball is sitting there now going... Yeah, okay, let's not, let's not. Like, I mean, yeah. the one sport that can't afford to to have labor issues is the one that continually does, which is the NHL. Yeah. The NHL is big in the country where I come from. How's it going, Canada? Props, eh? <laughs> it's huge where I come from, although people down in this country keep winning the Stanley Cup and doing it's, well. It's been a while. Since 93, it, but... It's been a while yeah. since... Lord Stanley's Cup has yeah. has been in the, yeah, the but, your but home and native land. Canadian fans don't sit there and go, "Oh, I hope somebody from Canada wins the cup, eh?" Oh, no, because you probably hate the Calgary Ottawa. Flames, no, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So you don't, I mean, yeah, Ottawa. so you don't see the Senators and go like, "Okay, no," because that's I don't not hate Ottawa because they're the provincial rivals to the Leafs. So right. it's like, no, absolutely. The fact that Ottawa is doing well in the playoffs frustrates. So me. are you Anyone able? But Ottawa. Anyone but Ottawa. Because I will do this a lot during the baseball playoffs for yeah. the many years that the Mets are not in it. And, you know, as, as the playoffs, like, like this, year, well, this will definitely be this year. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I did get to go to uh, two World Series games in 2015. They lost them both, but I went. And that was a that great counts. feeling. It that was counts. a lot of fun to be there. And there were good moments in both yeah. of those games. But, whew, yeah, to travel across the country and watch your team lose. Anyway, uh, I always like to kind of see, you know, who the field is. I, I try to pick teams that I, I'm okay with. I, I always it's always a lot easier for me in the American League because I hate so many teams in the National League. Sure. I, I fucking hate the St. Louis Cardinals because they're so much better than you. There's the Cardinal way. 
you know how you know that you're not the best fans in baseball? Because you tell us you are. No, that's not how that works. We can tell you that you're the best fans in baseball. Is this a rant? Should I lean back? No, it's okay. I'm going to stop short of ranting. But, you know, there's so many teams that I hate in the National League. And, you know, it changes over time because now it's it's the Nationals. You almost feel bad for the Braves now. You know, but that was the Braves for so long because the Mets couldn't win a game there. So it's a lot easier to pick out teams in the American League and, this is the year before I moved to Los Angeles, 2002, yeah. when the Angels won the World Series. I really liked them because I don't like Dusty Baker. I didn't like Barry Bonds. It was very easy in that World Series. You know, <laughs> I felt I felt good about it. But anyway, getting really bogged down in, in a lot of things. So uh, we talked about ballparks that you really like. Yeah, uh, I, I love. There's something to love about all of them. Yes, and I, and, and I didn't want to throw that out as my first answer. Yeah, there's something to love about all of them. But for me, when you just sit and watch the game. It's yeah. the game that I love. Like, I mean, I always wear my colors. You'll see, you'll see me wearing my Jays uniform wherever you go. Because tonight we're going to Absolutely. Dodger Stadium. Yeah. We're going to go see the Dodgers and Marlins. Is that who they're playing? Yeah, no it's not. A, it's not a great pitching matchup. No idea. It's uh, Nicolino and Wood, yeah. and you're like, Kerry Wood still pitches? No, he doesn't. This is a different yeah. guy. This is Alex Wood. It's the crack of the bat. Yeah. It's the no. Con- and it's the have you ever been to Dodger Stadium? I have. Yeah. Okay. So how much then, does it cost to park there? By the way. Uh, probably twenty dollars. I'll, oh, I'll, t- I'll tell you. I'll tell you if if you don't mind walking up a hill, I'll tell you where to park because that's where I'll be parking. Right okay. down by the shortstop, the uh, the fun little local bar right down. Oh, the hill that right. place looks cool. Yeah. Okay. So we will we will talk about that. It'll save the twenty dollars. But you know, it's a brisk walk uphill, but uh, it's kind of oh, sure. It's a fun little neighborhood. I don't mind walking downhill after the. Yeah, game. that's that's the part that'll be good. Oddly enough, that's I think the third oldest ballpark in the major leagues now. Yeah. Dodger State because it was built in nineteen sixty two, and. I have an affinity for it because the dimensions, the designs are very similar to Shea Stadium. So it's what I grew up with. That's what baseball stadiums were like. Shea Stadium opened in 1964. So obviously there got to be some similarities. It's it's a little rough around the edges, but uh, because I bought tickets this morning, uh, just a couple hours before you and I spoke, yeah. we'll be sitting on the field level for, I think, $35. Oh, so yeah, some money. I'll give you the money. We'll, we'll, we'll hammer that out later. That's the beauty is that yeah. people like the Dodgers. They love the Lakers. The Dodgers have had their own channel for, I think this is the third season now. The majority of Los Angeles still can't watch it. And <laughs> when the Lakers had their new channel, the, by the time the season started, everybody had it. Had it because it's so ingrained. It's such an yeah. important part of the city. The Dodgers, people like the Dodgers. But I think the realization that, you know, if they get to the playoffs... Those games are going to be on different channels anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you still had Vin Scully on the radio for the first three innings. Now, the loss of Vin Scully as an announcer uh, has has definitely made watching a Dodger game a lot less pleasant. Oral Hershiser knows a lot. He's a little dry. Uh, no more Garcia Parra, not a strong broadcaster. No yeah. The fact that, you know, he's beloved as a Dodger for those two years is, is still kind of funny. But <laughs> it's a fun ballpark. People know enough about the team. And, you know, look, I've been there when the Mets are playing and I'll, I'll wear Mets clothes. And, yeah. you know, they'll talk back and forth. And I've talked about this on other shows. Somebody says, hey, the Mets suck. Usually I'll be like, yeah, they sure do. And sometimes be like, Mm, but tonight they didn't, you know, because if they yeah. want. But, you know, it's always fun, and I kind of like the back yeah. and forth. You know, I mean, I've been at Cubs-Cardinals games where I don't have a rooting interest, but you hear the people back and forth. It's, you know, you just sort of respond in the right way. Yeah. Nobody's going to punch you in the face. You know, yeah. it, it's, I don't know, and it's fun. And They're not going to punch me in the face. No, because they'll We're be fine. like, they're We're like, fine. what are the Blue Jays? They, don't, they won't yeah. even know. 
Oh yeah, you know? and, and but it's I mean I was at Yankee Stadium being hassled like there was no tomorrow sure. by by the Yankee fans when the Jays were there one season and it's like I have my Jays jersey on and they're just yelling like who's this guy who's this guy <laughs> hey what is that what does that say Jays what what is that what is that and so you take it for like two or three innings and then eventually after a while I just looked down at him and said it's only a shirt <laughs> and he finally looked up after a couple seconds of silence we were thinking he's either reaching to get a gun or this is going to work out okay. Yeah. And he just goes, it's just a shirt. I love this guy! <laughs> and, you know, we had a couple drinks with him, and it I, was, that's how it goes sometimes. I once, uh, I guess, was, yeah, this was 2003. I was at the uh, ALDS in Oakland. Uh, the Red Sox were playing. My roommate at the time, Tim Sicardo, past Black Cast guest. Uh, he uh, was is a he's from Rhode Island. He's a huge yeah. Red Sox fan. So we went up there for yeah, the playoffs. Yeah. It was so funny because there was you know that's a team that travels well. And this is when the Red Sox were still somewhat likable because they hadn't won the World Series three times in ten years. So yeah. uh, it was you could still they feel were, bad they were for never them. likable. Right for me it was it was easier to like the fans because uh, at this being the perfect example, there's a guy with his really thick. You know, New England accent, yeah. which my friend has said the New England accent kind of sounds like a speech impediment. He was just heckling the Oakland fans. And he's like, hey, who's your left fielder? The guy right there on the field now. What's his name? And they didn't know. And it's very funny because yeah. it's very telling. It's like, and I found that Angels fans tend to know a lot more about their team. Sure. And, you know, the Dodgers fans, a little bit less. Yeah, I guess when yeah, Piazza was still playing for the Mets. And, you know, they, this was in 2003, yeah. and they were like, I, th I think this is the first time he's been here since uh, since he was on the Dodgers. And I was like, yeah, it's been five years? And yeah. usually I don't do that, but I was like, actually, it's been five years. So he's been here a lot. And it's like, nice try, though. You yeah. know, it's like, hey, you know that he used to be on the team. You know, things like that. So you just have those moments. And it, it can be fun interaction, though, especially when it's spirited back and forth. I yeah. like it a lot. That's some great interactions. You know, uh, wearing Mets T-shirts at Turner Field, you know, you could definitely get some grief, sure. but it was fun. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I saw a, a little great excerpt somebody posted on Twitter, a Jays fan who was at the New Braves ballpark. SunTrust Park. Sun I had to Trust think about Park. what it's called. It's very Park. hard to keep up. I know you yeah. don't you don't like the corporate branding. I try to keep up because I'm very responsible. People spend lots of money for the naming rights. Oh, I the least we I, can do. I don't have any problem with corporate branding. Um, none at all. Sure. And it's it's I don't call it Skydome because I dislike corporate branding. Right. Uh, Skydome was paid for by the taxpayer. It was paid for by right. the, the people who lived in the city of Toronto, which I did at the time. And it was it was built using tax money with the the with the promise that there was twenty years worth of tax benefits that were going to come to the people of Toronto sure. who paid for for the stadium. And I'm not getting political here. It's I call it Skydome because passion. But the back the backstory there is uh, after a while, uh, once the Jays won their two World Series, they weren't doing very well, and so yeah. the stadium was not bringing in the money. And so the, uh, this corporation came in and, and uh, it was a $250 million stadium. And somebody came in and bought it for like a dollar. Came in and bought it for a dollar. And oddly enough, it was the guy that used to be the president of the Jays organization who had, who had left. And so he came in and bought it for a dollar and subsequently then sold it to the, to the, the telecom, the telecom, the cell phone giant company that bought then. So they bought it for a dollar 
uh, saying, well, we're going to renovate it and make money for the city. And then this corporation came in and bought it for $25 million. So the group that was supposed to do well by the people ended up getting $25 million for their dollar. Yeah. And then this corporation came in and decided, well, we're going to change the name. Yeah. And and I, I get that. They were, they were going to call it the Roger Skydome. Uh, now, to look at this from a business point of view, there was a businessman in that room who smartly said, if you call it that, nobody will ever use our corporate name. It's true. So the decision was, let's just get rid of that Skydome name and call it the Rogers Center. But now there's a Rogers Center. There's a Rogers Place. There's a Rogers Arena because of how much money this company makes from us using cell phones right. and, and data. And so it's like, okay. And that's why, like, build a new baseball park and hopefully it comes it has a nickname like like Jacobs Field isn't called Jacobs Field in Cleveland I think it's, it's progressive. progressive Field but so I do believe people still call it the Jake still call it the Jake yeah. and and so it's just like a nickname baseball is all about nicknames and it isn't it isn't like hockey where you want to give somebody a nickname in hockey just put a y on the end of their name <laughs> so if this was hockey you'd be bladdy and I'd, and I'd be Riney, and that that's that's how that's how I mean. I, in addition to being whiny, I'd be Riney. <laughs> but in in baseball, it's all about nicknames. You know, yeah. you say the Duke, the Babe, you know, all, all of that, and you know, you can't play Pepper on the field anymore. Oh, no, no Pepper! There's always the signs, no Pepper. Nobody even knows what that is. Yeah, but you, but you can't do it. You can't, you can't do play it. Pepper. And and so it's just like that for me is the is like I mean I love. As I said earlier about going to places where things happened, like standing in the footsteps where people have stood, whether it's the Beastie Boys and Adam Yauk or where Babe Ruth stood or, you know, standing in the place where the ball fell after Sandy Joe Koufax's Carter. perfect Sandy game will be there tonight. So, you yeah. know, and, and, and all of those sorts of things. I like to stand there and then just, you know, I, 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 the history of it, the aging of it and all of that. And so it's like, so if, if a corporation comes in and, and, and they, they buy the rights to it, then then go ahead. There's a, there's a beautiful parody of that at the start of basketball the film oh that Matt, yeah which uh, Matt Stone it, very you know, it, made. it's a dopey film it's it's, dopey it's very film. dumb but i love it so funny so there's funny. some great laughs in yeah. there and uh, some very quotable things that very friends and i so. still reference yeah uh, but to get back to my point about uh, corporate stadiums about fa- well that, yeah. fans who don't fans don't, who don't know that much yeah. the jays fan who posted this who was there i don't know, i think he's a he's a writer for some publication there and it was retweeted by someone had a conversation with a Braves fan and the Braves fan asked have the Blue Jays ever won the World Series? And uh, yes, we beat you. <laughs> it, only 25 years ago. It's not yeah. like it's one of those like, well, let me tell you about Three Finger Brown. You know, it's yeah. not, not yeah. ancient history. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think it's very funny. And, uh, you know, a- Atlanta, uh, I've I've gotten beat up on Twitter for this. It's a terrible sports town. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. It, it's, it's on my it, list. I, gotta, I have yeah, to go. You should go. But, uh, but definitely plan around a, a concert of some kind. Oh, for sure. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there's some good small venues there, and I think you finally can't smoke in there anymore, which that was one of those places that I went, and there, it's like, oh, but now I, you know, I only packed one pair of pants for a yeah. weekend trip to Atlanta, forgetting that you can smoke there. But anyway, uh, so I think that you're right. There's something to be said for all of these new ballparks. Even Nationals Park, they've made some inroads. They've yeah. made some efforts. Uh, the first year was open. I was like, this place is boring. Um, some people don't like the the races. Obviously, the sausage race in Milwaukee is far and above the best. But I like the pierogi race in yeah. Pittsburgh. The president's race is kind of funny. I like that uh, Teddy Roosevelt never won yeah. except the year I that won. they got in the playoffs yeah. and then he started winning. And then the team started losing. So that'll tell you, don't mess with what got you there. You know. Yeah. Well, you got to do something to keep your fans entertained as yeah. well, too. Like, uh, you know, I'm much older than you, as you mentioned. Much. Uh, but baseball is... I could... 
you know, the beauty of Skydome for me, the beauty of baseball for me is no matter how bad life might be for those three hours, sometimes we were at the game that went 19 innings last year on Canada Day. So for the nine hours, sometimes Oh, these, I remember that. I remember go. you posting about that. Yeah. yeah. Nothing, nothing. When I'm, it's, it's, you know, it's my dojo. It's my happy place. It's, it's all of those sort of things. I'm, I'm like Happy Gilmore in the dream with the girlfriend sitting on the, sitting on the Shea Lounge with two pitchers of beer and, <laughs> And uh, and all of that sort of stuff. It's it's just happiness, and that 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 can be the beauty of it. And you know, so there's people like me that will buy a ticket and go and sit and watch the game. But then there's people who need like at at Skydome with the huge. It's not called the jumbotron anymore. The big TV screen. Sure. In between every inning, you've got somebody some yelling somebody yelling about, hey, you know, we want to give away a lawnmower, so we're yeah. going to show this race of the. So guess which base, and you can win the the coffee and all of that. And it's just like I get why they do it, uh, but the minute that time is over the baseball game goes back to quiet yeah and basketball i love i love watching basketball on television but it is the noisiest sport in the world to go see because the music continues after the play starts yeah no that's a great point and hockey is just too expensive because because the canadian teams have to keep up with the american teams um even the ones that aren't doing that well financially uh it's like 100 110 120 dollars sometimes to, to go to even for game. the cheap even seats, for the cheap seats which you're a big even, fan you're a big proponent of the cheap seats love the cheap seats yeah. I, I love sitting at baseball especially because if you're sitting up in the cheap cheap seats when the ball is hit you can tell the trajectory and tell yeah. where it's going but i also love being close to the field we were sitting um at skydome we were sitting close to the field behind the blue jays dugout a couple weeks ago and it's there's something that he said for sitting behind there too so yeah. it's there's bad seats in a ballpark but um no, I, 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 I mean, all of these sports I enjoy, too. Even, you know, going to some NFL games in Buffalo last year and knowing that team had <laughs> no Jets yeah. whatsoever. And, uh, and this was opening night. But uh, just watching, you know, people who love sports, whatever people are passionate about, I, I enjoy having conversation. And it's just like I have so much passion, and there's so many things I do just because I love to do things. And I will eventually head to Atlanta when I probably do my REM pilgrimage. And, and oh, go that would to be Athens. great. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, those sorts of things. And, and, and I, look forward, I look forward to that and, and anything that anybody's passionate about. Even if it is Justin Bieber, go ahead. Yeah, well, go you know, ahead. it's true. It's a good point. You know, if that's what everybody has something. Yeah, if that's what their passion is, it'll be interesting. It's like, well, tell tell me why you love Justin Bieber so much, and yeah. I will try very hard not to laugh. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. There's this comedian that some friends of mine and I love, and you don't know this. Um, uh, my friend Susan and I used to, uh, after on Saturday nights, get together and watch Saturday Night Live with Dennis Miller doing the news. Hey, is this a Dennis Miller story? It might be. I and, have that in my notes to make sure that we got to it. And uh, and so the uh, best, best Saturday Night Live newscaster ever, Dennis Miller. I agree. I, I, I'm a little biased. Yeah. I, I love Norm MacDonald. I think he did a great he did job. A great job. But, Canadian uh, Norm MacDonald. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I believe he's from Regina? Uh, Ottawa. Oh, the nation's uh, capital. Right. I've heard him tell jokes about Regina, yeah. so he probably says it because it, it sounds funnier. The the great thing about Saskatchewan, where my father is from, is pretty much everybody has gone through there at one point or another. William Shatner school sure. there, you know. So it's like everybody and 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 for for everybody does time in Saskatchewan. Everybody is is lucky enough to spend time in Saskatchewan if they are. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. And plus, Regina is something that American talk show hosts think it's funny to say. And when Mick Jagger was there, he proclaimed Regina 
the city that rhymes with fun. But anyway, <laughs> so so then uh, so Dennis Miller Dennis on, Miller's Saturday, Night on Live. Saturday Night Live, and uh, my friend Susan and I used to watch it and love it, and we and we just love Dennis. And uh, and then Mr. Miller goes to Washington. The greatest stand up comedy stand-up special yeah. is one that my friends and I. You spoke earlier about things that are oft quoted. Uh, you know. Even even the other day, getting on the on the plane, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I can't wait till the parquet cups drop, <laughs> and uh, and and anytime you get near a train, it's just like don't give don't don't give everybody access to the brake just in case Gus sees a woodchuck. Yeah, which is Dennis would tell the story later that that was like the moment that Letterman laughed the hardest at anything yeah. he ever said oh, because absolutely. that turn of phrase of because Gus thought he saw a woodchuck yeah. and he did that I think one of his first appearances on Letterman yeah. and like Letterman loved him because yeah. he said Gus saw a woodchuck yeah he uh, very similar to that is Dennis's uh, off-white album which absolutely uh, can, yeah it's a lot it's a lot from of the, the same special, material the and so that uh, yeah that is one that friends yeah. I, you know it's a ain't no mountain high enough Ain't no value enough. Hey, pal, ain't no fucking dance floor wide enough. And there's just so many there's things so many. on there. And the there's fact so that I not only got to know him, yeah. I would actually say I'm friends with him. I, I named his home. Name and dropper. just the fact that that ever happened is like, how? And and I don't know. The most oft-quoted Dennis yes. Miller thing. My friend Ryan Whipler and I say this all the time. It was just like, you know, it's like I feel so I feel so out of place like Chuck Heston looking up and seeing it seeing a chimp on a pony. Yeah. And <laughs> and so it was just like I had no idea when when you and I first met at these Weezer shows, yeah. it was the beauty of the beauty of becoming friends with somebody when you're a kid is the fact that it, it happens over nothing. Yeah. You know, when you're a kid, you meet somebody, it's like, you like gum? I like gum. We'll be friends forever. Yeah, it's like you're in the same place I Absolutely. am for these yeah. five minutes. We're yeah. definitely friends. And, yeah. and I think, I mean, we ended up, uh, I think, I can't remember if I pushed my way into the bench that, that you were sitting on in Pomona or, you know, Louisa was there and some other members of the yeah. fan club. But I sort of weaseled my way in after briefly talking to Rivers about, hey, was you know, I haven't seen you since Buffalo and all of that, thinking yeah. that, you know, he remembers me. But anyway, <laughs> it wasn't until after we'd spent our time together on the rooftop with Adam Scott, not knowing whether it was him or not. Yeah. And I got back to Saskatchewan and then found out afterward that you had worked with Dennis. And it was just like, since that moment, you're like, to me, I've been sitting there saying, oh my God, the time has got to be right for me to say. So, so like, I love Dennis. Tell me about Dennis. I don't think I'm at that time yet. So, yeah. So it's well, like, you know, we'll have time at the game tonight. But eventually when, when we're, fr when we're good enough friends, I'm, I'm going to say, it's just like, you know, like your life story of, of, a, <laughs> of a page in New York coming, coming to LA with Dennis and working with him and all of that. Well, I, I didn't, I came to LA just to try and get yeah. better work in comedy. And I was lucky enough to get a job on Dennis's CNBC show, See? which not only did I meet him there and then that sort of kind of catapults the trajectory of the most successful part of my career i met my wife there too See? she was an intern i was a production assistant and uh, when she left it was like oh it'll be very sad that we won't see each other yeah. and started dating right after that which look if we started dating while we worked on the show i'd say it but that's just the the way it worked out so dennis does not like compliments but what i'll say to other people yeah. is i literally owe everything in my life to him oh wow. because i met my wife on that show yeah i had so many great opportunities from it and you know he's such a good-hearted person he's very shy like so many comedians are yeah. uh, but always great to me and you know look i've known him as, as as a little bit of an older guy and he he doesn't have the fire for show business that he once did. No. And he thinks that that's a good thing. Yeah, he likes to watch turn classic movies. He likes to read yeah. books. He likes to go for walks. And, and, you know, I'll still get a call or an email. That's something that he thinks is really funny, yeah. which is great. Cause when I see he's calling, I, I don't think like, Oh my God, he's going to offer me a job, 
which could happen if he started doing anything else. But it's just usually like, okay, he's probably just like, eh, I just saw this thing. That's yeah. funny. You know? I just, I just wanted to, uh, like, I mean, we're, we're my friends and I are huge fans, and uh, and the fact that the fact that you and I got to know each other, and then it was just like, oh my god, you probably have a million stories. That I do I, that I would love to hear, and uh, and maybe one day I will host your podcast, and you can you can dish you can dish gossip on the mailer bank. <laughs> And, and and I'm I'm glad that you and I have become friends. And yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that we bonded, and I'm glad that I haven't used had to use you for for Dennis Miller stories. But can he come to the game tonight, please? He can't because he lives so far away ah. in Santa Barbara. But you know, the funny thing would be, what if he actually was there and I and we didn't know? But uh, uh, yeah, he's. I can go to Santa Barbara if he's free for lunch. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, look, he's uh, he's great, and uh, Norm Macdonald's another great guy. Very yeah. very eccentric. Yeah, I'm lucky enough His to have known stand him. up on Netflix. Is I've heard that and I haven't had a chance to watch it. By the way, we were talking about this beforehand. This is, was not something I was expecting to talk about. And again, we are still winding down. This is a long ramp down. Yeah, but, uh, we will be done very shortly for people just wondering, you know, like how much longer can they Has talk? It's been 90 minutes. It's been almost. Yeah, it's been about 90 minutes now. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and we haven't even answered uh, question one. No, but you talked about Netflix in Canada, I guess, is different than Netflix in the U.S. Everything in Canada is different. It's a different country. People so, don't. People no, don't no. seem to realize that. I, like, no, I completely I, understand that. I but... drive from from Toronto to Buffalo, yeah. which is like an hour and ten minutes away, because they have chicken wings there that are the best in the world. Well, they and, are and Buffalo on, wings. Yeah, they are yeah. Buffalo wings. And on the way back, I will stop at the grocery store and and get like some. Sometimes it's sometimes like it's a case of soda, you know, because there's there you you guys can have sugar in your drinks and foods and candies down here. We don't have sugar in a lot of our, like, I mean, I am the obese Canadian down here in America, which is why I fit in. But we, <laughs> we don't have, we don't have a lot of sugar. We have, right. But we have high fructose corn syrup. And I would assume that you don't in Canada, in Canada. So uh, like, I feel like your Coca-Cola stuff. would taste better than ours. Cause like in Europe and in Mexico, it sure does. Coca-Cola is pretty much Coca-Cola. Uh, but it's, it's like, it's your diet beverages. So it's oh, like your diet Coke and your Coke yeah. zeros and that sort of stuff. And, and red vine licorice. I mean, forget, about it just well, absolutely um, but in canada you you don't have uh peanut butter o'henry's here in america you don't have wonder bar which is a peanut ketchup chips you guys don't have ketchup chips down here My, every time we, i come we'll, to america occasionally I have ketchup chips as as a as a gimmick you know yeah. it'll be well, like they're totally a gimmick yeah yeah, yeah. and and in and out burger which is the bane of my happiness when i come down here i know bane of happiness is not something humans say but uh but in Canada, you have bane of happiness. We do have something bane very, of Cana- yeah. very Canadian about. Yeah, having... I believe that's the the province of Ontario slogan yeah. on our license plates. But In and Out Burger, uh, Baja Fresh. But yeah, Netflix, Netflix, the different studios, different rights, different properties, and uh, and so different things are on Netflix here that are, are not on Netflix. And so there. when we were joking earlier, and I said, yeah. "Well, Canadian Netflix, what does it just have? Trailer Park Boys and Degrassi Junior High." Yeah, you said that uh, those are actually not shows that Canadians think about very much. No, no, and and that's the thing is like when you talk to when like the countries are so like every 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 entertainer who's huge over the last 30 or 40 years uh, is canadian and people talk about it all the time like myers jim, uh, jim martin, Carey, short. martin short all of that's all of that sort of stuff and uh it's the exports the stuff that's still done in can like like 
people in Canada don't love Drake as much as people in America love Drake. Speaking of Degrassi, for, by the for, way. Yeah, for, for Drake's <laughs> album to be number one for like four months down here, it's like yeah. in, in Toronto when the record comes out, you look at it to see what are the Toronto references and then you just sort of move on. And and Justin, Justin Bieber's popular everywhere. Well, I, it, we, I, we, the ownership has to be claimed. I mean, he's, he's, you know, we hope that he's cleaned up his act and moved forward and all of that sort of stuff. It's but, interesting because like the one thing that I wanted to ask you about, which is kind of a dry, to, it's kind of a dry topic, but I'm sort of fascinated by the Canadian culture law, the Canadian content law. I don't know exactly what you call it, but yeah. So on the radio, and you have to play a certain percentage. Thirty-three of and a third percent. Content. Thirty-three and a third, and then it's very particular though because I remember Brian Adams, proud Canadian, complaining yeah. about his song for the Robin Hood movie yeah. was co-written by someone who's British, so it didn't qualify. Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of examples like that. Do you, as a proud Canadian, do you feel like it helps? Canadian artists have a leg up or is it not necessary at this point? You know, as a former Canadian Broadcasting Corporation employee where CBC, the national broadcaster, has to play 50% Canadian content. Wow. And so there's a lot of, I'm going to use the word mediocre, great people, but mediocre songwriters and musicians who get their music played as a help. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I was uh, I was emceeing uh, one of these artists, so I won't mention because he has I've had a little bit of success down here. I, I uh, intro to met a show once. I was the MC, and he thanked CBC because they paid for his house. <laughs> and, and and that's really what it boils down yeah. to is you get some of these artists who like we had a great conversation uh, at the top of the Belasco about Canadian artists that you, you said, which are some Canadian artists that I should look into other than rush. And tragically hip was the first one that I, that I said, yeah, everybody. which it, it have not really had much success no. in the U S and I know, I know that they're no. no longer together. The only way that are, I know about together, the, but the lead singer is dying of uh, brain. Cancer. Okay. So that's what I thought. Okay. So he's not going to be able to be a part somewhere in the near future. But what I know about tragically hip is that, yeah. Dan Aykroyd hosts Saturday Night Live. They're on as the Absolutely, musical guest. Yeah. So that's like kind of all the exposure I ever had to them. So yeah, yeah I definitely understand that that's the, the perfect example of a band that's huge in Canada and beloved. And, yeah. you know, when they were doing the final shows, his name's Gord, right? Gord Dan, yeah. yeah. So when they were doing the final shows with them, that they were like broadcast nationwide across Absolutely. Canada. And it's kind of a blip down here, not for any reason other than we just aren't familiar. We just don't know much about that band. I was trying to think of, actually, on the drive back down from Santa Clara yesterday, I was trying to think of a comparable American band that I would put up against the Tragically Hip. And I was thinking, well, Pearl Jam is really not... Pearl Jam is... is successful and beloved in pockets in America, but they're yeah. not loved everywhere. No, anymore. I mean, at one point they certainly uh, were, yeah. but and they it, sort of never really went away. Yeah. You know, we referenced, you know, an hour and a half ago when we were talking yeah. about the Pearl Jam album 10, as great as those songs are, they haven't gone away for 26 years. Yeah. They're still on the radio. They've never been off the radio. Yeah. You, you hear them too much. So I probably would never choose to listen to Pearl Jam 10 yeah. in its entirety because I've heard all those songs so many times. I might yeah. want to listen to... Even a song like Black, you still hear a lot, you know, because they've had to go through everything. Yeah. But if they were performing it live, I'd be very excited. When and we, I haven't seen Pearl Jam in years because uh, I haven't kept year, up with the I haven't like kept up year, with the catalog. A year last week. So. Um, when when it was announced, when the band put out and the record label put out the joint announcement last May that Gord was diagnosed with brain. And this is referring back tumor. to the tragically hip. Tragically yeah. hip. When Gord Downey was, it was it 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 stopped the country. Like literally, it stopped the country. He's that beloved, and the tour beloved. And when he when when they went on tour, it was difficult. The, 
they've been recording. He's got a couple of records in the can. The band has got an album in the can. So there's going to be some more music that comes out. That comes out. Uh, but unfortunately, we as fans uh, and as Canadians are going to wake up one day and and hear that he has passed away. Yeah. And um, and it, it will be a shock to to a nation. And and it, it isn't just that their songs is all Cana- Their songs are all Canadiana. It isn't that it's just like oh remember that time that this happened in Canada and Canada's so great. It's just remember the '67 Stanley Cup. Yeah. Oh well, there's a song about that. Uh, it's Fifty <laughs> Mission Cap. It's a tremendous song. I'll, I'll send you some of their record. But it's the, the music. We were talking earlier about passion, and music can be the greatest passion because I, I love movies, but I don't watch movies every day. I enjoy television, but I don't watch television every day. There isn't a day that I go by that I don't listen to music most of the day. Right. And music is such a fashion. And and when there's an and that's why like these U two shows where everybody goes to to, you know, I've been to U two shows where you haven't seen anybody older than me. It's all younger people who have gotten into the catalog. This show is older people trying to find that thing that 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 they fell in love with, the husbands and wives, the thing that they listened to when they were first dating, and anything that people are passionate about that brings people together. As I said earlier, is a great thing, and and I, I wish people had gotten to know the tragically hip's music. But the thing about the tragically hip is. Those who have gotten to know them, they got to know them well. And the Tragically Hip will, will be sorely missed, just like to the people who love uh, Soundgarden and we're looking forward to a new record. And, and you know, for, for those like myself, huge Beastie Boy fans, they recorded up to like a, a couple of weeks before Adam Yelk passed away. And, and I would love for that stuff to come out, but yeah. there's a likelihood it never will. And so, you know, the Beastie Boys it might just us. be too hard for them to listen Absolutely. to at this point. The yeah. Beastie Boys, you know, and, and, you know, there's there's eight records there. The yeah. Tragically Hip have 12, I think. And your favorite bands have this. And yeah. And uh, and whatever you're passionate about, be it baseball, be it podcasting, be it spending time with friends. Just like passion is a beautiful thing. And especially in the negative 2017 that is the United States yes. of America. And thank you for not taking us down the political road. Uh, if you can share There's plenty passion, of other time to talk yeah. about politics. It, There's so much more fun uh, things to talk about. Absolutely. Even even good political years where everybody seems to be happy with the way things yeah. are going. It's still fairly boring. And yeah. the, the rest of life is so much more interesting than that. I think so. And, and let me just say, you know. I hope that as a nation, I, I hope America can get past what looks to be a pretty mediocre new Katy Perry record. After two bad singles. Yeah. And for the tour to go on sale and, and all of this, it's just like, I, I hope I hope America can, can uh, rise above Katy Perry not being who she once was to us a mere few years ago. We, we will overcome because <laughs> we're very strong at, as a nation. And I, I'll have one final question. Yeah. Out of all the concerts you've seen, it's, I guess it's a two-parter. The best performer maybe there's a best show that you have and somebody that you still could possibly see but have not yet seen so that's a twofer right there all right the best show that i ever saw uh garth brooks at sky dome he had sixty-five thousand people in the palm of his hand nice uh, myself and my friend stevie g were there and it was just a matter of like if he said get up you got up if he said give the person next to you five bucks you'd give the person next to you five bucks uh he just had everybody in the palm of their hand and it was it was a it was a fantastic show I don't think there's anybody out there that I need to see because I made the point. I made the point. Which is great, yeah. Of, of like, I wanted to see Eminem. I wanted to see Elvis Costello. I know I you saw see, Prince. I saw, yeah. you know, um, we almost met Prince, but I'm not pretty enough. Just like how I feel whenever I come to Los <laughs> Angeles. I'm a troll. I'm a troll in Los Angeles. I mean, I'm here every day, believe yeah. me. I, I definitely understand the feeling. Yeah. yeah. 
And uh, and Amy Mann, I saw Amy Mann uh, a couple weeks ago, seeing Blondie in just a few weeks. Oh, that would so be great. It's, so it's just, as, as you said earlier, ticket prices aren't getting any cheaper. No. I, I cannot believe how much they're charging, and I can't believe we idiots who go to shows continue to pay for them. I, I will definitely justify yeah. up to a certain point. And then, it, 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 I, I don't know, after... The charges and everything. When you start getting closer to two hundred, it, it becomes like, what am I paying for exactly? Yeah. Uh, but again, the right ticket, the right circumstances, I would probably pay for something. Yeah. But as but if you get the opportunity to see a band that you love, especially as we age, let me try to some throw down some wisdom heavier than the Katy Perry statement. Please. <laughs> if there's somebody that you want to go see, go. Yeah. Just because you never know. And you know what? Even if you saw them before, maybe a while ago, yeah. you should probably go see them one more time. Yeah. You know? Just because I saw Aerosmith in 1990 didn't mean I didn't want to see them in 2012. You don't need to see Aerosmith now. <laughs> see, what I'll say, though, is that... Alice Cooper, th- yes. They're Alice a lot Cooper's more upfront about the fact that they have a guy who helps with the vocals. Yeah. There's a guy who sings along. He's a person that helps with the vocals. Uh, Eddie Trunk talks a lot about this on his various radio shows. And I, I definitely appreciate the fact that it's a guy... I, Whereas back to Bon Jovi, it's a recording that yeah. whoops sometimes isn't synced up right. And I don't I, just yeah. be upfront about like, yeah, I need some help singing. Great. But fine. Alice Cooper. I saw him as my first concert ever. I've talked about that a few times on, on the podcast, uh, 1990. And I will see him again this year. And they're both. It, it was great to have that be my first concert. It's always great to see him. And that's another one. You don't really have to know the music. There's a story. There's a lot happening. So I strongly recommend that. Anyway, Dan, you shocked we could... it wasn't a, Bru- a Bruce Springsteen concert, by the way. But my best concert I ever saw. You shocked it wasn't a Bruce Springsteen concert. No, because I think that <laughs> you know, look, as long as they are, there there are going to be moments that you know yeah. detract from it. You know, there's like, oh no, not this one. You may occasionally have like Sometimes. one that you maybe heard too many times. You know, sometimes you get that. I don't get that. But... No, I do, I don't get that. Okay. The 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 fun thing is when you uh, my final story when you when you run into Springsteen fans at a concert. The first question they ask each other is how many times have yeah. you seen him? How many times have you seen him? The first question I usually say is what was your favorite show? Like what yeah. was your famous performance? And it's like, oh, they're all the same. They're all the same. It's just like, no. No, they're not all the they're same. They're up, they're down. Yeah. Uh, and, and even waiting on a sunny day, which I never need to hear again. It's just like, it's still Bruce Springsteen in the See, Street I know band. people hate when he has like the kids sing it because you hear that on the, the Springsteen channel on uh, Sirius XM. Absolutely. I like when the kids sing it. Maybe it's when I'm there. That, yeah. that, that's probably what it is. Maybe I don't need to hear it on the radio, but I think it's very sweet. There's other, other Bruce Springsteen songs we'll never hear played live. Yeah, that's true. I, you hear that one 30 times. It's a great point though. Anyway, uh, Dan Reinish, we've uh, talked for, uh, what, a hundred minutes, probably a little <sighs> bit more. And we could have done another hundred, but uh, you know, look, we've we've got. A I lot. wonder if anybody's going to listen for a hundred minutes. I've got a life to lead, Cha Cha. <laughs> you know, there's a lot going on, but we're going to go to the uh, go to the Dodger game tonight, which will be yeah. exciting. And uh, you know, at some point, we'll uh, we'll share tales of of that evening. And follow us on Twitter. You're at Dan Reinish. At Dan Reinish, Daniel Reinish on YouTube. Uh, at Dan Reinish on Instagram as well. Yeah. And don't you know, just because you spent the time listening to me on a podcast, don't don't think we're going to be friends on Facebook. We're not that. We're not not there yet yeah but you know instagram and twitter you can see the pictures oh sure so look back to may 19th and you'll see pictures of some of the things that dan's seen and done while he's here oh i meant to take a selfie while we're including a selfie that he's taking now but as always i'm christian blatt at christian dmz you can of course follow the blackcast on twitter at blackcast b-l-a-d-t-c-a-s-t 
The Blackcast on Facebook, Plugs. and of course, blackcast.com. Now, next week, Agent Starling and myself will tell you what we thought of the new Wonder Woman movie. So tune in for that. Oh, I hope it's good. I do too. I'm very excited. I'm actually seeing it tomorrow. Oh. Uh, and we will see you next time. I hope it's good. On the Blackcast, which we also hope is good. The Blackcast rocks, ladies and gentlemen. It's Christian Blatt live from Los Angeles. See you next time. I'm a retired broadcaster. I rarely talk about myself.